0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll free, 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. Tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, Free Talk Live. .com. We're going to go to a special guest interview here. We've got libertarian, I guess, science fiction author. He he's, is. he's frequently labeled that way. We'll see how he decides to label himself here in a moment. L. Neil Smith is with us, and he says we can call him Neal. Neal, it's uh, Free Talk Live. You're on with Ian, Mark, and Dale. Good evening.
1: Good evening to you, too, and it definitely is libertarian. Arch-Libertarian, if you will.
0: Arch-Libertarian. Well, let, let's start out with uh, with that question and, and dig in a little bit here. I, I, as somebody who was formerly a member of the Libertarian Party, I quit last year because I don't believe, well, the Libertarian Party is Libertarian anymore. But uh, what, <laughs> when you say Libertarian, what do you mean? Because apparently that's something we need to start qualifying.
1: Well, it has been qualified for a long time, and there are those who find it convenient to disregard that. A libertarian is a person who will not initiate force for any reason against another human being. That's it. That's all there is to it.
0: Simple. So, would you say you're like a voluntarist libertarian?
1: Well, there are are people who keep trying to sort of subdivide us. There. I spent the weekend uh, last weekend with left libertarians, and um, and, uh, and and there are. I know the voluntarists. Uh, pretty well because I have several friends among them and all that stuff. But as far as I'm concerned, if you forswear the use of initiated force, you're a libertarian whether you know it or not.
0: Very good. I'm uh, I'm on that page with you, no doubt about it. So, so what are uh what are you what are you up to these days? Obviously, you've had a, a bit of a career b- behind you. they are a fairly well-known name, I think, certainly within this movement. And I guess you've got a number of best-selling books out there as, uh, as well. So I'm sure that uh, people that aren't libertarians have probably heard of your name. Uh, so what what's going on with L. Neal Smith today?
1: Well, they could be better selling, but there are 28 of them out there. And uh, some of them, was, well, my, my very first book has stayed in print all these years, 30, uh, 33 years it stayed in print. Which one is that? That's the Probability Brooch, which is generally regarded as sort of the definitive libertarian novel in fictional form. It tells everybody what libertarianism is in no uncertain terms.
2: See, now I thought uh, that was a graphic novel. Uh, I, I When ah, I read ah, Probability Brooch, I read it in a gotcha. graphic novel form. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I've read part a, of it.
1: It, it was a text novel published in 1979, and then somewhat more recently, I, I, I kind of lost track. Um, it was we adapted it, and the brilliant artist Scott Beezer uh, drew it as uh, as a graphic novel. It's a 185-page full-color graphic novel, and you can get it by going to my website, the Webly page. Uh, or you can go to Big Head Press. Either one.
0: What, what is your website, Neil? Yeah,
1: just if you put the Webley page in in your browser, you'll find me.
0: Okay. How do you spell Webley?
1: W e b l e y. It's it's like it's a it's a gun joke. See, I'm one of the gunniest science fiction writers there is. See, so everybody else has a web page, but I have to have a Webley page. A Webley page is a a Webley is an old fashioned British revolver.
0: So what are, you had mentioned to me off the air that you've got an old book being redistributed or going to be reprinted. What's that? What's that?
1: Actually, it's part of a series, uh, the most recent of which is The Venus Belt. The Venus Belt was the second book I ever wrote, and right now I'm writing a, uh, a piece for my blog about it saying how scary it was to start a sequel. The probability brooch had been very well received, and um, and here I was about to write... Um, a sequel to it, and I made fourteen typos on the first page
0: yeah. uh
1: and and this is you know I had to explain what pages and typos and things were to the electronic crowd but uh,
3: mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, uh
1: you know a, a, a title page is, is actually only half a page, so I made the equivalent of about thirty typos on a page.
0: <laughs> wow, I was nervous so it 's coming out again, and when is uh, when is it that people can expect that to to hit the scene?
1: It is out, and if you'll go oh, okay. to if you'll go to the Webly page, or if you'll go to the uh, Libertarian Enterprise, it's another thing to put in your uh, browser. The Libertarian Enterprise.
0: What about this one, Neil? Do you sell your books through Amazon?
1: Uh, yeah, and what the deal is, I want you to I want people to click on it through the Enterprise or through my web page because that's the only remuneration, that tiny little pittance. That you get from Amazon. That's the only only remuneration that my webmaster gets.
0: Ah so if yes. click
1: there; it'll take him to it'll take you to uh, to Amazon
0: right away. Well, well, we're in competition then, Neil, because mm-hmm. when people go to Amazon dot freetalklive dot com, then uh, the remuneration that. goes to us. <laughs>
1: I, I heard that, but what if they? What if I put uh, Free Talk Live as one of the things on my? A uh, website. So they when they click through, no, that's too complicated. I mean, sorry.
0: <laughs> Just, we can, we'll we take the link, though.
1: <laughs> economic collapse doing that, couldn't we? You're
0: certainly welcome to link to our website. That will help our Google rank. We like that well, stuff. I think I will do that.
2: Well, that would be fantastic. Now, um, Neil, I'm reading another one of your uh, books that's currently – it might not even be considered a, a, one of the ones that you counted at 28 or, or whatever, but I'm reading uh, Roswell, Texas. Uh, oh, yeah. You're the author – this is a graphic novel, um, and you can either get it in print or online. And uh, y- you wrote that, right?
1: Uh, it's That's complicated. I'm very sorry to say. The idea started out as a text novel that would be written by me and the world-famous uh, cartoonist, uh, Rex F. May, whom you know as Baloo, B-A-L-O-O. Anytime you see a very, very simple cartoon in a magazine, Liberty is a good example, but he's also been Ladies Home Journal and, and Hustler. Um, anytime you see a very cerber simple cartoon, it's almost certainly going to be by, by Rex. And Rex and I had this insane idea uh, that that I uh, you know, of a Texas that had always been its own country, and in 1947 something crashes out west in the West Texas town of Roswell because Texas is a little bigger in that history, um, and uh, President uh, Charles A. Lindbergh uh, sends his his uh, three best rangers and his personal hatchet man out to to see what's going on. Texas is a lot bigger. New Orleans is a Texas town, and so is Casper, Wyoming.
2: Yeah, it uh, seems to take up a good portion of the, uh, the United States, and somehow it's some alternate history where I, I don't know what uh, altered the course of uh, history. What, from What altered
1: the course of history was that um, General Santa Anna was killed at the siege of the Alamo by a 600-yard rifle shot that most people think only Davy Crockett could have made. And uh, as a consequence, his his uh, brother-in-law, a general Cos, who had been begging him to give them quarters, that could get on with it. You know, uh, they were stalled at the Alamo simply because of of, of Santa Ana's ego. Um, and and meanwhile, Houston was building an army against them at, uh, at San Jacinto. Indeed. And did uh, and you know so anyway, uh, uh, Santa Ana's killed. The Alamo surrenders, but honorably and with with uh, good terms. Uh, Crockett escapes and uh, joins uh, Houston. They defeat Coase at uh, San Jacinto, and Davy Crockett swears that Texas will remain forever sovereign.
2: And uh, Texas has some rules against uh, at that point uh, state secrets, and uh, manages yes. to be a, a you know a liberty wonderland where I, I think it's the law where uh, that people have to wear guns, but. <laughs>
1: Well, it's we regard it as organic. That is to say, it's not perfectly doctrinally libertarian. Yeah. In other words, it's not libertarian to demand that everybody carry a gun, clearly. Certainly not. Um, but in Texas, where it happened organically, you can apply for a permit not to carry a gun <laughs> if you give them your fingerprints and you have a psychiatric, psychiatric <laughs> examination.
0: <laughs> so,
1: cute. So, also... Uh, uh, the only source of government revenue is the collection and recycling of garbage. And so it is a a federal offense to molest a garbage can the same way it is to molest a mailbox here.
0: Very good. Well, L. Neil Smith, uh, one more time, your website for people that want to visit you online.
1: Well, the best way to visit me online is to go to www.bigheadpress.com. I have a blog there, and they can see all kinds Great. of things that are happening. I have a novel. Beast.
0: Thank you so Very much nice. for uh, for coming on Free Talk Live tonight. Really appreciate well, you uh, your, your time this me. evening, and uh, continued success in the publishing world. More on the <laughs> way here. Our toll free <laughs> number is yes, sir eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More uh, more coming up. Your calls about anything. Plus, Sam was arrested again. is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose. Every genre, Audible has it covered. You can get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com FTL. Get your free audiobook as we go to your calls. Brent is on the line in Colorado. Hey, Brent. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight?
3: Well, I recently served on a jury, and uh, oh, really? I know I know how interesting that can be to talk about, so especially if
0: you I know about jury nullification, it. which is your right yeah. as a juror to vote not guilty based on your thoughts on the law itself.
3: Yeah, uh, exactly. So how did you get, um, how did
0: you get on a jury knowing that information? <laughs> did you have to conceal that in some way?
3: Uh, no. I was actually surprised that they picked me. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't lie. I, uh, you know, they have you stand up and give an oath or something, uh, before they, uh, even start in, uh, with the, uh, Wadir process. And, uh, you know, I, I took the, uh, oath because I was, you know, uh, vaguely interested in getting I was kind of ambivalent about whether I got on the jury at all or not, but I figured maybe I'd get a chance to get on there and help
0: somebody so yeah. I went ahead
3: and got up and and swore that I would uh answer their questions truthfully mm-hmm. um, and uh and and so then we started in and they uh were asked if I was an anarchist uh frankly really so um yeah wow um the only uh question that they uh uh, that that was really, uh, uh, that would have gotten me kicked off at all was uh, the, uh, at some point they asked whether uh, I had any bias uh, that could uh, um, make it so that I couldn't uh, take a, uh, a police officer's testimony um, in the same light that I would take anyone else's testimony.
0: Nope, I don't think uh, and- I would have that bias personally. I'm sorry? I don't think I would have that bias. I imagine you don't yeah. either.
3: Um, and, and that was kind of the way I uh, answered that question was sort of in a lawyerly manner, perhaps. But uh, kind of, uh, you know, I will consider their testimony uh, and, and its veracity the same way that I would consider any others. Why do you think person? you are
0: asked if you were an anarchist?
3: Uh, no, I wasn't. Oh, you was not. <laughs> okay, the, I'm
0: sorry, I misunderstood you. I made it, it on the
3: uh, jury. They they never asked that. I guess. When, I uh... see.
0: Now, did they ask <laughs> when you were when you were filling out? Did did you have to fill out a jury application when you got in there with uh, w- answering questions about you know what clubs you belong to that sort of thing? Was where's there, was there
3: uh, something like yeah, that? Yeah, although it was uh, decidedly. Uh, uh, uh uh kind of uh vague questions I mean they never asked you know the ones you always hear about you know uh what subscriptions do you have or really? uh are you are you a member of a political party things like that none of those questions were on there It was just are you regularly employed um hmm. race they wanted to know. Well, that's excellent. Uh, so where you, were, you live, So you like were that. pretty
0: much able to get in without revealing any of your viewpoints, which otherwise yeah. would have been uh, an, <laughs> a, an easy excuse for them to get rid of you. Yeah,
3: it's kind of, although at one point I actually did. I I did uh, uh, reveal that I I uh, found our current justice system to be unnecessarily coercive, and and uh, During voir of that, dire. Uh, I'm sorry. You
0: did that during the voir dire process.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Um, and it was kind of funny. The prosecutor uh, left the long-haired atheist anarchist on the jury and kicked all the Latinos off because the defendant was Latino. So
0: (laughs) So much for a jury of your peers.
3: (laughs) For (laughs) a mistake.
0: So tell us what happened. uh, (laughs) Yeah, what was this guy charged with?
3: uh, He was – the story the officers were telling was basically they pulled this guy over – and uh, then instead of uh, – they walked up to the car, and he sped away, led them, led them on an exciting chase down a road in Denver, um, and then uh, eventually ditched his car and ran through some backyards and then got in a boxing match with an officer before some other officers showed up to take him down. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, was the story they were telling. Um, that w- And the funny thing was the only evidence ha- they had was the story they were telling. Um, the police were telling. They, They had no video, no dash cam, nothing, no fingerprints, no pictures, no anything. The only Mm. evidence was the testimony of some police officers.
0: Well, they are police officers, so they must be telling the truth.
3: Right. Um, You know, and so uh, that was – he was charged with three felonies – Uh, I think it's felony or aggravated driving under suspension. Apparently the reason he had run according to them was that his license was suspended. Mm. Um, and because he ran from the cops with a suspended license, that makes it aggravated driving under suspension, which is a felony. And then felony eluding because he was eluding the officers in an unsafe manner. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, felony resistance of arrest because according to them, he was violent in his resistance of arrest. Mm. So, uh,
0: yeah. So what do you Pretelling think
3: about all counts. that? I'm sorry.
0: What do you think about all that?
3: Um well I I don't think he did anything wrong. Um I mean I guess I don't really see I don't really buy the whole right and wrong from a moral standpoint thing that doesn't seems very uh subjective to me uh, to call something right or wrong. But that's beside the point. Um uh, they uh he he certainly hadn't done anything uh deserving of sitting in a jail cell even if they had proven it, which they right. really didn't. Uh I actually uh, managed to bring a couple of uh, jurors over to my side <laughs> really? in the uh, deliberation room. Uh, it was kind of, uh, yeah, it was, it was me versus the other eleven for a while. So they weren't I, I they weren't alleging come this come guy was
0: me. they weren't alleging he was driving dangerously, and that's why they'd originally pulled him over. They pulled him over because he was suspended. Yeah. The well,
3: they pulled him over because he failed to use his blinker during lane change.
2: I see. It's a dangerous man.
3: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Which
2: isn't even illegal in some states, including yeah. Florida. <laughs> he, so, was it, it was th-
3: kind of a, a little bit? Uh, I think they more likely pulled him over because he was driving a beat-up car and was Latino mm-hmm. in a bad part of town.
0: And so, you know, did it turn out that it was a was it a hung jury after all was said and done?
3: Uh, yeah. It, it was, in fact, a uh, hung jury. I never did, I couldn't sway anybody over on any of the counts to go not guilty. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, I kept voting not guilty and, awesome.
4: uh,
3: got a couple people to come over with me on that and, uh, everybody else kept, um, voting guilty. They actually made us sit in deliberation for two days. Wow. Um, because at some point we sent them a note. Uh, this was before I had convinced anybody to come over to my side. We sent them a note that said it was 11 to one. And huh. one was being pretty stubborn.
0: <laughs> and I guess
3: the judge thought, well, eventually peer pressure, this guy will cave, you but, know,
0: but you brought um, him over to your side.
3: Yeah, a, <laughs> couple. a couple. Yeah, twelve angry so, uh, men. So I, I did not gave and you know we had to sit there. Although it was kind of irritating, I, I had to miss work for this. Sure. And they pay you in Colorado a whopping fifty bucks a day.
0: I think it's um, like fifteen down in Florida, so. <laughs> yeah. which is kind of
3: irritating. Um, you know, and that that you know, if they would have made us go for a month, I I might have eventually had to give up for financial reasons, but uh, they made us go for two days of deliberation.
0: Good for you, um, man. So it wasn't and, the uh, it wasn't the, the ideal situation in that you didn't get everybody on your side, but that's okay. You still were able to hang that jury. Will they retry him? Probably. And, of course, then Maybe. you won't be involved. But at the very least, you might have bought him another month's worth of freedom. And, of course, if more people start using the jury nullification tactic, it can really make a difference in people's lives. So I thank you for that story tonight, and congratulations on getting all the way through to the end of a trial without being kicked off. As somebody who believes and understands the idea of jury nullification, we can expound on that in a moment. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can just go to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. We just got finished talking to... Brent a few moments ago in Colorado about his experience in actually getting on a jury and hanging it as part of the jury nullification process, which is something that most people in America just don't know about. In fact, there are a number of lawyers in America that don't know about this. Some judges uh, may even claim to not know about it. But certainly there has been a concerted effort over the years from the judicial system to cover up this particular bit of information, which is a particularly useful bit of information, and that is that jurors have the power to judge the law itself. When you sit in a courtroom and a judge tells you, he gives you his uh, instructions to the jury, he'll usually tell you something like, well, you have to determine whether the state has proved its case beyond a reasonable doubt and blah, blah, blah. Whether this person violated the laws, the state is saying, if you believe that they violated the laws, you have to vote guilty. If you believe there's a reasonable doubt, then you can say innocent or not guilty. I guess it's not guilty and guilty. And so what they don't tell you, though, is that it's not just about whether the person violated those laws. It's also at question whether the law itself is a decent law, whether the law itself is something that you think should be a law. As a juror, You were supposed to be the fourth check and balance on this awful system of government uh, that we have. And had jurors actually historically been allowed to engage in this particular. ...method of jury nullification, then that may have actually helped uh, prevent a lot of the awful tyranny that we see today. Maybe. I don't know how effective it would have been, but it's certainly been effective in the past in helping end some awful things like slavery and alcohol prohibition. So jury nullification has a long, proud history of allowing individuals who care about others to stand up and say no... Mark, I know that uh, the Quakers have a long history of uh, knowledge of and use of jury nullification. Isn't that correct? Uh, they do. So it's it's been used in the past, and it needs to be used again, and in very uh, few circumstances, it is used today. And the reason why it's so few, uh, the, the the circumstances are so few, is because, again, they try to keep it out of the courtroom actively. So if you mention jury nullification before yeah, you get they on a jury... Also,
5: they also give you very explicit instructions about what you're supposed to do on the jury, and uh, and make it very not clear that, yeah, they, they they avoid that part, and I think even really... Saying this is what you are supposed to do. you are not to judge you know you're, ju- you're just supposed to judge whether they broke the law or not you know yep. they they it's really a, uh, it almost seems to me that they say things that are in contradiction to the the law about jury nullification so. it's,
0: it's probably true it's your responsibility to know the rules apparently you can't I'm, you can't count on them to be honest with you you can't count on them to be knowledgeable they may not even know some of them
5: i i yeah i mean it's uh I, I can't you know, I, I can't count how many times there's like been someone in court, you know, asking an officer about, you know, so and so law and he's like, Well, I don't really know all the laws or yeah. not like, Yeah, but but then yet, you know, they you know, as you know, they make you sign a statement to to register to vote or they try to make you sign it mm-hmm. to uh, and it may be for your driver's license as well, I'm not sure, it says I will obey all the laws of New Hampshire and like there's millions of words of laws. How can yeah. you possibly agree to that? Yep. But you know I wish I had done and I and I didn't think of it until afterward is to ask the caller if he had said why he was voting not guilty, if he did, in fact, say, I'm judging the law and I don't agree with the That's a good law. question. Yeah. I, did, I wish I had uh, asked him that when he was on the line. I just now thought of it.
0: Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. So just wanted to clarify, maybe for some new listeners, what what exactly jury nullification is. You can go to FIJA.org, F-I-J-A. It stands for Fully Informed Jury Association. You go to FIJA.org, and you can get all kinds of details on what jury nullification is all about and how to best kind of surreptitiously conceal... Your knowledge of jury nullification because you have to in order to get on a jury and have this knowledge, you have to be somewhat cautious. I don't want to say you need to be dishonest because that could get you into a perjury situation, and I'm certainly not a lawyer well if they don't uh, if they don't explicitly ask it then don't, you don't, don't have to answer why bring it up <laughs> exactly. So uh, FIJA has some suggestions as to how best to approach the, uh, the, the whole s- circumstance of getting called for jury duty, and I highly recommend that people go and familiarize themselves with it at FIJA.org, F-I-J-A.org. Great as, stuff.
2: As dangerous, uh, listening to the, the caller there, as dangerous as somebody who knows about jury nullification is, he's not nearly as dangerous as somebody with uh, some melanin in their skin.
0: What are, you, what are you talking they
2: about? They kicked uh, three Latinos off this Latino's jury oh, in order yeah. to, and, and kept and kept an
5: anarchist on, mm-hmm. for God's sake.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, they thought,
5: oh, we're not, if we keep the Latinos off, then they'll all vote him guilty. Ha, 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 ha. And then there was an anarchist. So there was one on there anyway. The yep. joke's on them for being racist.
0: So let's go to your phone calls. And then since we had a bit of a court-filled day, Dale, we'll fill folks in on some of the activism that went on today, including the second arrest now of Sam Dodson. Uh, our friend from obscuretruth.com. First to the amp line. Who's this? You're on the air.
6: Oh, Xander from Illinois.
0: Xander, what's on your mind tonight?
7: Oh, uh, actually, I just wanted to uh, uh, say just a quick thing about uh, Afghanistan. And I saw something lately that uh, it was like we just had like the most deadliest month that we've had since we've been there. And I just wonder if you we went back seven years from now, would you would would anyone believe we'd still be there and be still stuck in this situation and all this? Having our troops all over the place, just like what we're doing today. Even if
2: you went back a a year and a half and uh, asked the people that were going to vote for Obama um, if they thought that this was going to continue on under him, and if he was... Oh, no, he's for peace. Right? (laughs) You know, it's, it's just... It, I've seen the bumper stickers. I've seen the bumper stickers myself. I, I really love the one with the uh, O and Obama with a peace, peace symbol. It, it shows up a great deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, It shows up very often at uh, my former church, the uh, Unitarian Universalist Church. And my oh, current, he's gone. Okay. My current church is uh, the Quaker church, uh, meeting houses. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll find these uh, Obama peace sign stickers.
0: Uh, every other car. Do you think those people that still have those on are just... Are they telling themselves a little story to like how could they possibly still drive around with those? I, what I don't are they know. telling themselves?
2: I guess they're saying um, at least he's yeah. They're not even thinking. They're they're well, not even not Bush? thinking about it. They figure that you're taking baby steps towards peace by voting for Democrats. I guess. I mean, right? Wow. He's not killing as many people. Um, as, as uh, McCain would have. Oh, well, McCain. Oh, with did McCain. say bomb, 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 bomb. Right. Iran. ran. Um, you know, I, I suppose. But is he killing
0: as many people as George W. Bush? I don't know. George.
2: uh, I've heard a lot of people are dying over there in Afghanistan. He uh, he had the initial uh, insurgents. Eh, You're talking about 4,000 people at this point under Obama. Mm -hmm. Um, Max. Under Obama.
0: Under Obama. Wait, are you talking about victims in Afghanistan or just 4,000 troops? 4,000 troops in Afghanistan. 4,000 troops have died? No, no.
2: 4,000 people have died in Afghanistan under
0: Obama. Okay, gotcha. So four thousand people who were innocent people. Right, died. it gets that's, it
2: gets a lot more muddy under um uh, in, in Iraq because there was a government change and there's mm-hmm. all, all kinds of unrest. So if somebody dies of some kind of disease, dysentery or something like that, what do you say? Do you say that well that wouldn't have happened under the old regime? So that's a death for Bush. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
5: I, I don't know. It gets weird. That's a, four thousand. That's a, that seems like a lot. It's a I'm lot thinking of, of the, I'm thinking of the numbers as they when they first went into into Iraq and they were. Climbing and climbing and climbing for a while, and I don't think they hit 4,000 for quite a while.
0: I, no, no, no. We're talking about 4,000, not troops, but 4,000 regular oh, okay, people sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, having
5: it's, perished. It's a funny issue. We really Oh, only... they don't count then. I'm was just. i only concerned about American <laughs> <Right>. troops. <laughs> that,
0: <and> that's,
2: <laughs> how, that's how we're raised. That's yeah. how we're taught. That, um, and, and I feel the same way when I hear about a plane going down in some foreign country, and um, 30, 375 people died on a uh, Air France flight today and that crashed in the middle of the Atlantic no americans were bored
5: i thought yeah <laughs> oh thank goodness just just those <laughs> other people goodness, then. dirty frogs you know, i'm glad you, know, you I, brought you, that up th-
2: that's that's how i'm taught i've been taught to to
5: feel i'm glad you brought that up because i was just uh, i was reading an article recently uh someone pointed me to it on i think it was on cracked.com where they were talking mm-hmm. about the there's that magic number of like 150 and, and beyond that, you can't keep up with individuals very well at all anymore. Right. And, and, and they become very obscure and abstract, and, and uh, I, it, we're running out of time. But, yeah. but uh, I think there's some interesting stuff to say about that.
0: We so. can expand on that in a moment. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Plus, Sam Dodson arrested again today. We'll fill you in on the details here in moments. It is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you enjoy this program and you want to help support FreeTalk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. As we mentioned with the uh, author we had on earlier, Elmiel Smith, you can buy whatever books you need or DVDs or video games or anything. They've got so many categories, dozens of categories in which you can shop. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of their new items. But if you need to save a few bucks, go used. You can do that through Amazon. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage when you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Now, Dale, you just barely had the chance to scratch the surface on something you wanted to get into there. Uh, so just kind of start from the top. What, what were you trying to talk about there?
5: Okay, well, Mark's comments reminded me of you know when we kind of alienate other people and the people we don't personally know or people who are not in like a a, a group that we're associated with, like Americans or whatever. And it made me think of uh, a crack dot com article I'd read called "What Is the Monkey Sphere." So you can go to crack dot com and look up "monkey sphere" all one word. Monkey sphere. Yeah, gotcha. all, all together one word, and uh, and it should take you right to it. And I don't agree with you know everything in the article. They kind of come to some conclusions, and some of them are sort of like kind of pro-statist, and some mm-hmm. are very anti-statist, and and different conclusions in the article based on it, and and maybe jump to certain conclusions too. And one of the things, that, but but it basically saying that you know they just they, by observing monkeys, they they kind of form little tribes, and the tribes are a maximum number of you know uh, a, a maximum number, and anyone outside of that tribe is like doesn't matter to them they're not really personal and so they don't care and and it seems that people are extremely similar we just have a bigger number like a bigger number that we can be like personally associated with that we feel and it's and it's sort of sort of those are the people in your circle for people it's 150 you know give or take a little and uh that's also a number that came up in a book called the tipping point you know uh, 150 is like the most that that any that most people can or, or anyone really can like be personally feel close to like, like to the point where you'd be concerned if someone died. Like, truly gotcha. feel like, oh, um, you know, mourn them.
2: Well, uh, mourn, yeah. I perhaps, but I mean, have you, haven't you ever, uh, you know, just met somebody and then they say something like, oh, you know, uh, they, they they tell you something tragic that occurred in their life
5: and you feel bad for that person. Sure, but mm-hmm. you don't, you don't feel mournful or anything. It, like well, that. Well, that's so the difference. I mean, you can certainly feel, and and I think one issue, one of the issues I took with it uh, in the article that uh, was, I think that. Some people to some extent or another are able to at least ex- extract, abstractually understand the harm that, that someone else is feeling. You know, like, oh, you know, some, they lost their family member. I know how I they would feel empathize. if I lost my family. Yeah. Yeah. To the, to the extent that you're able to abstractualize. And I think and I wonder sometimes it seems like that almost seems like a libertarian trait to be able to under to under, to abstractualize the harm. You know, when you hear about when some, you see some strange when you, person that's not American and, you know.
0: When you see somebody getting victimized maybe in a way that uh, would never happen to you because you don't do that drug or you don't uh, eat that food or whatever, you can still feel how they would feel had you been – or you, you, you feel how they would feel because you can put the, yourself in their place even though you wouldn't necessarily do what they are doing.
5: Yeah, I, I, I think so.
0: I agree with that completely. You know. And it's one of the things that I find frustrating about a lot of other people is that they don't. They don't see the
5: harm that they're doing. It reminds
0: me of this dinner, and I know I've mentioned this before, but when uh, uh, Julia and I were getting ready to leave Florida, we had dinner with my parents and my dad's sister and her husband, Uh, so my aunt and uncle, were there. And they're from Chicago, and this was during the time they had the foie gras ban in Chicago where they – essentially, this is stuffed goose liver – uh, you know, they force fed these geese, and it, some people are upset about the the process behind creating this particular product, and so there was a ban put on it, uh, the ban on its sale in the in the city of Chicago and the, around the surrounding area of Chicago. And I asked them how they felt about it, and they said, "Well, we don't eat foie gras, so you know they didn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. We don't eat right. foie gras, so we don't care." And that's that that's the attitude that I think is a big problem. In and, America and so. there
5: are businesses that that where people 's incomes depend on that, and they can 't personally associate with that, perhaps, and then goes people lost their jobs over that and things, and they don 't care about that you well right know? because they aren
0: 't in that one hundred and fifty people they don 't care it 's not even anything that could affect them the, from their viewpoint they 're not seeing the big picture they 're not seeing how when one person is oppressed we we all lose our freedom in some way. And that just leads to the next step of oppressing someone else somewhere else. And, of course, our opponents would call and say, well, you don't – you call that oppression. Right. We voted for this. You don't know anything about oppression, you
2: darn libertarians, and you years using your, your And someone language. today,
5: in the, in the police department, There was they were having a discussion with the uh, officer. I got mm-hmm. a little bit of video footage from that that I'm going to put up later. Uh, they were having a little bit of discussion with the officer who arrested Sam, and – He was, you know, criticizing, saying this isn't bad. Look at China and Russia. And I have a a comeback for that. Um, And if if you think about history,
2: likely American women in the early 1900s were probably some of the best off women in the world. You think about uh, pygmies in Africa cooking over an open fire and, uh, you know, having uh, having to, uh, you know, dying young and getting diseases and all that other stuff. American women in pretty good shape. However, those women went out and they said they were being oppressed. They wanted to be able to vote. Would you deny the vote to American women because they weren't being oppressed? Not yeah. by your standard of oppression? What a gone to China? attitude.
0: Yeah, go to China, ladies.
2: Yeah, those the women in China, but you know that whatever you come let's, up with, whatever reason why the women in China are worse the off, the women with China let's, let's have to live with to the make dogs. Our,
5: let's not try to make our society better because someone's worse off than us. It's yep, so. exactly. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs>
2: nonsense.
0: It's a big cop sense. out, it's
5: and it depends on what you're talking about too. I mean, you can say in some respects that someone else is worse off and in some respects they we're worse off here it's like i love to let people love to talk about how free america is and yet we lock up more people than you know, per capita now we than don't you. do
0: that they yeah, that, do that I'm, to us i'm
5: collectivizing i'm sorry well and, and gene
0: the christian anarchist is great at, at pointing out some differences between countries because he travels to china on a regular basis and i love it when he calls in to say that you know over in china the cops don't even have guns yeah. When you when you see a cop, he doesn't. He's not even armed with a with a gun. He's got a club or something like that. I mean, not that they're. I'm sure they do horrible things with with clubs in in China, but just kind of pointing out some of the differences that a lot of the piddly stuff that the police will arrest people for here, it's just no big deal over there.
5: Yeah, I mean per capita, from what I understand, India is. Uh, per capita, like the lowest in the world in terms of how many, they, how many people they lock for up. Cops per people? Oh, okay. No, how many people get locked up? I mean, gotcha. it, it, how is that not a very, that seems like a pretty good measure of freedom is how many yeah. people you have in cages. And how come, you know, so when people are saying we are the freest country, well, you can certainly say in certain respects, but I, as, a blanket, as a blanket statement, I can't, I can't see how anyone can say that. There's, there's certainly right. areas where we're very much a police state. And we're getting worse. So yep,
0: and that's just it. Try telling that it's a free country to anybody that's been arrested for a joint. You don't really or hear it
2: near as often as you used to either. Is that know, right? People saying, eh, it's a free country." Yeah, they just don't say that as much as they used to. I, I think good. more people think are that, waking up to you know, the reality. <laughs> you're having to stand in a cattle chute uh, at the airport and get your stuff scanned by the TSA. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe that's uh, you know just causing people to not say it quite as often.
0: I hope so. I hope people are starting to realize that something ain't quite right out there. Let's go to your calls, unscreened, Ampline. You're on the air. Hey, it's George. George in D.C., speaking, of, speaking the of the TSA. Speaking <laughs> the Yeah,
8: sorry, Mark, about you getting um, cornholed there at the
0: airport. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight, George?
8: Yeah, I just wanted to comment about the um, whole topic of um, that, uh, uh, was it outreach, protest, what are you calling it? Eh, whatever,
0: you know, top of women's, women's rights outreach uh, without shirts.
8: I just like to point it out that if they ever if they get ar- do get arrested, you know, they can always point out that there's an equal protection under the law amendment in the constitution. Suppose they uh, make everyone
4: equal and then anyway, actually,
5: uh-huh. actually there is um significant court precedence as I understand. I was just told this today, so I am passing secondhand information uh you know, so but uh my understanding is there is significant precedence in courts for uh women being able to go topless on the basis of equality. And it's um and and there's, exactly. there's pre- so if, if we did do that it would make sense to actually
0: cite that uh, that court precedence. so yeah
8: exactly there is legal court precedent on that
0: and, and oh yeah like this that, is an old protest right I mean people women have been doing topless protests for a long time it's just that what the real controversy was not was whether or not people would be arrested but what the other people would think the controversy was based in well what about the prudish if you do this protest with women bearing their breasts as men are allowed to, then the prudes will not like you anymore. That's essentially the uh, the core argument yeah, of those who Even the
8: prudes, if, if all the women do it, were doing topless or like supermodel hunt, I doubt they'd really be complaining that much anyway.
0: Yeah, well they they would because you know, yeah. the ugly prudes wouldn't like that very much. That's makes too. them feel bad. And I would like to point out that this was going to be They a, don't want
2: their husbands to be titillated.
0: This was going to be an event, <laughs> if no it happened... If it happened, that would involve women of all shapes and sizes. That uh, it is not a you know pretty girls event. Although there will be some oh, attractive, yeah. right? There will be some attractive ladies. But I think it's important to have uh, breasts of all shapes and sizes to desexualize the uh, the whole event. To point out that this isn't about sex and uh, it's not about anything like I that. I have thoughts about,
5: about that too. Being yeah.
0: naked. It's just about the the freedom to be as. Or it's about being as free as men. And it's pretty clear. Thank you, George. Thank you, uh, you, sir. And I'd like you to get into your thoughts here in a moment. Hour number two is coming up. This is Free Talk Live.
6: Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free,
0: 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, FreeTalkLive.com. As we launch here into the second hour, we'll take your calls about absolutely anything. Coming up, I want to get Dale's thoughts on the topless disobedience a uh, concept that we've been debating quite a bit here on Free Talk Live uh, over the past several days. But first, I we'll want to go to the phone calls, because Jesse is on the line in Maine. Jesse, you're on Free Talk Live. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
8: Good to hear you. Um, yeah, I've never called in before, but uh, you guys usually cover all the subjects pretty well. But I want to relay a brief experience I had in New York City recently. I live in a more rural area, so going to New York City was quite the experiences. All right. And uh, I went down during 4th of July, and uh, I remember when I checked out Wall Street, and they had the roads blocked off. Yeah. And they had, you know, a few officers there all in the riot gear with the, it looked like, you know, some sort of automatic weapon. I can't really, I didn't know what they were actually carrying, but, and it was out in front of the New York Stock Exchange. And I thought that was really odd, and I don't know how long it's been like that. But
2: at least um, a couple of years, because uh, it was there yeah.
0: and I saw him. No, you know, that was that was our first year in New York City, Mark. So that was four years ago at this point. Wow. So yeah, yeah. See, I,
8: I couldn't figure that out because I mean it just seems like, I mean they have a lot of money. We're talking about I mean a lot of private money. I mean what do they need the, what do they need the government there protecting them for? They, the, were there, was there some sort of that they were concerned about or need's
2: not the issue, uh Jesse. It's it's about uh the the ability. Um it's an appearance <laughs> you know, too. You've got to pay for it. Why do middle class people have to uh send their kids to public school? They don't need; they can afford to educate their own children. However, they send their kids to public school anyway because you've got to pay for it, like it or not. And, and then what they do is they advocate that public school get bigger and bigger. Um, you know, what used to be the idea was to service uh, people who couldn't afford to send their kids to school. Now they have Olympic-sized swimming pools, computers in every classroom, and uh, you know, every other thing that uh, money can't buy.
8: Yeah, yeah, it seemed really odd to me. It seemed very out of place, especially where we were it was a very clean road there was hardly any traffic well, i mean they had the roads blocked off anyway i mean it yeah. just seemed like the most unlikely place where there would be that much that kind of trouble the other the other thing i thought was kind of interesting was when they actually had the fourth of july fireworks um, now of course i was in free talk live so i'm coming at it from somewhat of a different perspective than maybe a lot of people there but mm-hmm. uh... you know it was all sectioned off and there was tons of officers everywhere and i was thinking okay, people are coming down to the waterside to watch fireworks with their friends and family. Is there really justification for a massive police presence like this? And I just felt, you know, like to a certain degree, at least, you know, at least, you know, hopefully you're protected if something did happen. But then at the same time, it felt more like they're just on display. They're yeah, just, what, what kind know, of protection like
0: are they really going to give you? Ship
8: down there and... It, for me, I felt actually very uncomfortable because it just,
0: there's a very they weren't limited, sitting
8: there, like there friendly a, or anything. They, I felt like they were grilling the crowd, sort of.
0: Yeah. There's a know, very limited that, amount of protection that those guys can do. Now, to be fair, if somebody starts a fight, they could see that. They could break it up. But as far as yeah. protecting you from terrorism, which is what they would like to claim that they're up to, that's a bunch of nonsense. There's no way that any cop is, gonna, is going to protect you from somebody who strapped a bomb to his chest from detonating that. Uh, they're the, if, if somebody's going to kill themselves in a, in a suicide bombing in New York City, it's going to be the cops are there to clean up the mess. By the by the time that you know someone is going to set a bomb off, it's over. It's,
5: anytime it's, they talk yeah, about their an
0: protection, anytime Sam, they
5: talk about they're protecting uh, you from terrorism or something like that, they're they're looking busy. We're doing they're doing something, yeah. and everyone gets a false sense of security from that, and that's
0: enough for them. They yeah, just want that. I thought it was you know.
8: definitely a looking busy kind of attitude. Um, well, they might the have been other, getting yeah, paid well,
0: overtime too, so don't forget about that. A lot of times when it's it's an unusual really? day uh, when they need extra police for some reason, a lot of cops are called in for overtime hours, which means big money for them.
8: Yeah, well, there was definitely much larger presence there than I had seen the whole weekend. Like there really wasn't much of a presence until that those few hours, you know. Um, and uh, I, last thing I'll say is just uh, I support the jury nullification thing. To me, that makes so much sense because it gives a direct uh, you know, direct scrutiny from citizens um, on the law as it is and not just on the criminal and
0: well I you do know too. so you have
8: a little more power in there. I, I, and, uh, I absolutely
0: agree with you. In fact, I hope that what we're going to see here within, I don't know, maybe a few months is another place here in New Hampshire starting up doing regular jury nullification outreach. It's been going on here in the Keene area now for a full year. August is going to be our the beginning of our second year doing fully informed jury association outreach. Every single month, every single potential juror is offered a FIJA brochure as they walk into the courthouse, and I would say about 80 to 90 percent We'll take them. So it's been a, a wonderful success. Thanks for the call yeah, and the story I would, tonight. I would
8: think that a positive I've... unintended consequence of that would be the fact that maybe there would be debate over what happens in the courtroom and with the jury. So people would actually talk about some of these issues more often instead of just not really seeing it because –
0: I hope you so, know. but if, but they're not, they shouldn't talk about it in the jury room simply because they could be probably thrown off the jury and, and get into some trouble uh, for that. But uh, yeah, outside of the, the jury room, it definitely needs to be talked about, and I thank you for the call tonight, and that's one of the reasons why it comes up on a regular basis here on this show, to give us an excuse to discuss this a very important issue that all Americans need to know about. I wonder if other Western uh, government types have such a provision. Do uh, jurors in Canada or Australia or the UK?
2: I would guess in uh, in those four countries, I would guess that, uh, including the United States, that 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 would be so because you're talking about English common law would be Mm -hmm. the um, you know uh, would be what the default sort of is there, and I would think that yeah, they probably do have jury nullification.
0: That's something I'd like to know. I would like to know from some of our international listeners while we're on this topic. What kind of jury rights are there in your country that maybe also have, have been swept under the rug by the judicial branch in the last several decades? one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Until then, we'll talk about breasts. <laughs> now, Dale, it's not something you spend a lot of time uh, thinking about. As, as a gay man, but uh, you do have your opinions, and uh, well, since we've been getting all of our co-hosts' thoughts on this issue uh, throughout the week, it came up again tonight, so perfect opportunity to jump in. The, the controversy has been here in Keene, New Hampshire. Some ladies are considering doing a um, essentially an outreach or protest or Still demonstration. very much just in
5: the planning, yeah, vague about it. brainstorming, brainstorming really brainstorming stage. But. So
0: they're, they're talking about possibly doing something that may involve having men and women walking together or standing around in a certain location and just enjoying the, their company and maybe being topless. And it's been something that has stirred up, I think, more controversy than even the flag burn mm. uh, stirred up in advance amongst the activists here in New Hampshire uh, by the, the certain group of folks that it's not really the, uh, the old political, apolitical schism. It's kind of a new schism between the, for lack of a better term, prudes, sexists and the, the support and the supporters or the apologists for the prudes and the sexists mm-hmm. and those who are i don't know a little more free thinkers. Yeah. Your thoughts, I think Dale?
5: I know that early on in the, when the thread was getting started someone basically expressed, I don't, I don't I don't I agree with the principle but I don't think this particular activism is a good idea because and I actually made a point to post something and say, you know, I, I do want to encourage people to feel comfortable to express you know, if they just th- you know what they think about any particular form of activism. I've done it in the past. I mean, uh, and so I didn't want to discourage that. And I and someone posted something. And said, I said I don't really do- agree with you on this particular topic, but I'm glad that you feel okay to express dissent about you know whether this is a good idea and and so forth. Just express your opinion and everything. And at that point, it was still you know, I don't know if it's a good idea because of the P- PR ramifications and everything, even though it's the right thing. And you know, he was essentially saying that. And then there's this other thing started to chime in, which was explain what apologists and justifications for why women should be treated differently than men they were, and they saying were getting really elaborate they
2: were, they, well, well i, I think they, that women should be <laughs> treated differently than men um i'm of that opinion I, I you know generally if i'm i'm more likely to hold a door for a woman than i am a man i'm not saying i've never held doors yeah. for men or anything like that um I, you know but i think that that should be uh, the personal choice i think that the law should recognize um humans the same and it doesn't
5: and that's wrong uh, definitely definitely i but what i'm talking about was really even on uh you know when i in the in the process of this, what this discussion did is you kind of you start to find out p- about people, things that they wouldn't normally say, and some of yeah, the, these, some these contrived things. justifications for well, sexism Let's talk about that
0: up. here in a little little bit. Uh, we'll d- dig in here at 800-259-9231. One of them was kind of this genetic excuse, right? We'll get yeah. to that, and you can uh, dial in at 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. That is the point of the program. It's why we call it Free Talk Live. Toll free, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, just dial toll free, 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 800 259 9231. Tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. We give them away, and they include the Shrine of female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see it for yourself. And if you are a lady listener, details on how to submit your shrine or your shrine picture or video are there at shrine.freetalklive.com.
2: Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can go over there right now, and you can put together a will, because if you don't have one, you're putting your family uh, in danger if you happen to die, and it's going to happen, right? You're going to die one day. It might ha- You might die tomorrow. You need a will because your family is going to be at the, the, the mercy of the state, and you don't want that. LegalZoom.com, you can use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's fast. It's easy. It's... Quite inexpensive. I did it, and uh, you should you should do it too. LegalZoom.com.
0: So we are recounting the this week's controversy in the activist world here in New Hampshire. As you know if you've listened to the show before, those of us on this program pretty much every night of the week are Free State Project members. We moved here as part of a movement dedicated to gathering as many liberty-oriented people in the same geographic region as possible. And when you get people together that that like the idea of freedom in general – you or more freedom. Some of them aren't all the way in the total freedom camp. Some of them are kind of some most of the way there. Uh, but you'll get people together that are uh, very different in many ways. That uh, the, the one thing that we have in common is our our love for the ideas yep. of liberty. But but otherwise there is a wide wide variety of uh, belief systems yep. and. And viewpoints and unfortunately some of the uglier ones started coming out uh, during a forum discussion that came out of some ladies here in the Keene area talking about maybe doing a a topless event to point out the inequality between uh, the the way the law looks at men and women as far as whether or not they they can walk around without shirts on. And we started getting some uh, disturbing responses daily. Yeah, you were getting into well, that.
5: we agree on tactics. That's the way I like to look at it. We can vary so much. We have different religious views. We're prudish to different levels, for instance. And and there are lots of things, you know, that we, we disagree on tactics. We might not necessarily both be against a certain practice of a certain individual, which which isn't actually violating one's rights, but we might want to do something about it. And we're just not going as libertarians. We're not going to resort to force or fraud. Uh, to 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 do, uh, about something that is not actually violating our rights. If you use force against me, I'll use I, you know I'll use force back if I have to. It, it's kind of a last mm-hmm. resort for me, but I will if uh, if I feel in danger. And that's sort of the only time I feel like it's appropriate. If you're doing something I don't that I don't approve of, I absolutely don't feel like I have the right to use force to stop you. I don't. I wouldn't go through the state, which is force, to make you stop doing what you're doing. Like if like if you're discriminating against someone that I don't think you should, like women. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then I, And I wouldn't approve of that. I would probably not support your business. I'd probably not want to do business with you. Probably not want to be friends with you. I'd probably, you know, th- to some degree or another, probably ostracize you depending on how bad I thought your behavior was. Sure. Right? And that's, a, that's an appropriate method as a libertarian to do that. And so I kind of brought up this you – know, when I started to realize that people were expressing these very sexist ideas, they were still being libertarian. They were saying, I don't think there should be a law against this. But on my property, I wouldn't allow it. You know, saying basically I would treat men differently than women – uh, I would say it's okay for men to have their tops off and women not. I'd say, well, you know right. what? If I were at your party and I t- and my top and I took my shirt off at your pool party, right? And then uh, no, no one bats an eye. And then my friend, my friend who's a lady, takes her top off, and you say, oh, put your top off, put your top back on or leave. You are in your rights to do that. Sure, but I'm going to leave with her. Okay, and you're not going to be invited to my next party. Okay, i just that was my point was like, okay, I you know. Yeah, you're technically in your rights to do that, but you know, and how we should deal with that is not with force, not with, you know, trying to make you behave differently on your own property. Right. And know. this
0: is something that I uh that I really disagreed with the guy we had on last night, J. H. Hubert from LouRockwell dot com, who was talking about how libertarianism for him is all about private property. And I agree that it is about private property and that, yeah, you can set your rules on your own private property, but I also think that uh, that tolerance is a very important – plays a very important role in the ideas of liberty and, and allowing others to be free, allowing people to do as they please on their property. But I think that there's a real value in having tolerance in, in your own life. Maybe it's not one of the tenets of the libertarian philosophy, but, philosophy, but it certainly is uh, one of mine, I think. I, well, mean, I don't tolerate bigots. But I do
5: think it's, like I said, two different things and but both things that i value you know yeah. like that that sort of that, that sort of tolerance for things outside of just using force and fraud you know um well i think that there's uh there's appropriate times and places for
2: different activities i mean if you're having a pool party over and there's a bunch of friends who are all about the same age and they're drinking and um you know things oh. are and the music's playing oh, and the where tops are you going? no go ahead the, the, <laughs> to, the tops the tops come off fine and dandy. Um, some gal walks in the middle of my living room while my uh, you know my son's up playing, and uh, there's a bunch of other kids running around. She
5: decides it's time to take her shirt off. That's a little weird, don't you think? I mean, like, maybe... Um, Only because it's been pounded into their heads that they're not supposed to see yeah. that. It's not weird in a lot of places in the world.
2: Yes, it's that would be weird in a lot of places what in the world. What, what if it's hot?
0: What, what if it's a hot day and you don't have air conditioning? I'm trying you to don't, say don't, there are a wait, lot...
2: Wait a second. Step back from where your guys are at for a second and tell me that, um, you know, a woman in a room full of kids, and you know, like in someone's living room, all those kids for, have
0: had their mouths on a, a It wasn't that. Yeah, slightly. I was going to say I'm for a lot of. I'm asking if things. it's
2: weird. I'm not asking if it, um, if they've in your fit. culture. It depends on Mark, whether. Right, and this is the culture we're talking about. Welcome well, to New Hampshire, to where everybody's white, dude. Yeah, it I mean, needs to change that, yeah, it because it's to. not. It's, right. It shouldn't but be. But I don't need the activism in my living room. So if I've, if, if your somebody property, property, you don't have to do somebody wants to it
5: weird, well, it shouldn't even.
2: I, I don't even think it should be activism. It's just. But that's what that would be being, in that situation, Dale. Somebody saying, "Oh well, you know, here's some people who think I'll take my shirt off." I, you know, well, it, I, it's I,
5: weird. It, it's it is. It, 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 I I agree with that. I mean, that if you're your house, they should talk
0: to you about it. Yes, I not that's what we're talking no, about. No, that's not what we're talking about because Dale was talking about a pool party. It's not so weird there, right? And we're also talking about the event happening during a hot summer day out in public where, in many cases, some ladies would be uncomfortable I'm guaranteeing having their shirts you, on. If,
5: kids start, if they see it from a young age and it's a regular thing they see, it's not sure. going to be a big deal Absolutely. It isn't.
2: If. There's a lot of ifs here. If New Hampshire was floating around in the South it. <laughs> Car- Caribbean, it wouldn't matter. But it isn't. You know, It's not.
0: OK, I don't even know where you're going with all this, Mark, because <laughs> just, I was just pointing out that well, I think calling toler- people
2: um, at intolerant and all kinds of other things when they're not. They, they're just expressing their opinion on social mores.
0: Yeah, and those social mores are intolerant and, and, uh, and well, sexist. and sexist, yeah.
2: I believe that most and of them um, were talking about what they felt was the, the the quickest and most expedient path to liberty, and they were pointing out that there are some different... They no, no, and I, and I, I, I
5: was all in favor of that. I mean, people who said, I don't know about this particular activism being a good idea because of PR reasons, I... I but Disagreed the reason, with
0: them, but, but the, I
5: felt like, yeah, go ahead and express your opinion and don't be afraid to. And, that's and, fine, but yeah. the
0: reason why they're concerned about Some that them, is because yeah. they're afraid of the pure of the prudes. They're, they're concerned about the bad PR from the prudes. Uh, sure,
5: uh, but I don't have a real strong opinion about those people. It was the ones who were making sexist yeah. arguments and making excuses for why and saying, in fact, that yeah, they agreed with those prudes. They just wouldn't yeah. use the law. And I'm like, well, that's nice that you're libertarian about it and you wouldn't use violence. But you're still sexist. And, and I have a personal problem with that. Absolutely. And and I won't use violence to express myself about that. That's so what you were saying But was, I will express myself. And you Through
0: know. ostracism, you you were saying that uh, if they kicked a lady out of their pool party for uh, taking her top off... I'm you'd going with her. Out. I'm going with her, yep. And that's uh, I, I absolutely would applaud you for that and join you. We're right there. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Unfortunately, I miss all the, the parties because I'm here working on doing a show. <laughs> Uh, But we'll see you uh, here in moments Here, more. Coming up, your calls about what you want. This is Free Talk Live.
2: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com where the features are completely free. They include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com. It's over 2,000 pages. Still using the old number. A lot of stuff. wiki.freetalklive.com. If uh, you're interested in getting involved
2: in... Politics in your particular area. There's some kind of issue that uh, you need to to confront on a statewide uh, basis in your state, or even if that's New Hampshire. Uh, stakel C A I can handle all kinds of calling issues. They can do uh, robotic calls. Um, they manage to to help with the seatbelt issue here in New Hampshire and uh, with the first 1,000. So um, you know, if you if you need uh, automated calls done, or uh, you know, people to people to make. Mass phone calls for your uh, political option. It's sickle, CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com.
0: All right, 800 259 9231. Right back to your calls. I believe we have Jesse in Oregon. Jesse, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
4: Well, I called in to uh, wage in on the whole uh,
0: boob debate. That's right, because what we need is more men talking about women's breasts. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the women callers have been pretty much absent on this, haven't they? I mean, we've been mm-hmm. talking about breasts all week long and i don't know have well, we gotten I'm, one call I, I i don't actually qualify
5: as a man talking about breasts i'm actually a lesbian trapped in a gay man's body so that I might count You're half w-
0: maybe we'll give you half a point for that okay. um uh, but because the only other lady that's been discussing this has been uh julia and she's been behind the microphone mark did we get one single female call on this, this i week? don't think, I think we think. have at all and it it, it it does beg the question why the hell are we still talking about it mm. now
5: i don't know i guess
0: eh, man, like four four days i had to now? get my two
5: bits in and
2: i'm done <laughs> your now, two so.
0: bits is that a joke?
5: Oh, breast is a no? Breast but breast uh, well, yeah. Oh now, now that you've pointed it out it is. No, I...
4: <laughs> The next All time right. Paula or Pam calls in, you you should ask them.
0: That's a good good point. What were your thoughts? Go ahead.
4: Okay. Well, um, first off, I will say that I asked my girlfriend, and she said, "Oh, I definitely believe that women should be able to take their talk to- tops off." However, yes. I will not participate in that. Mm, that's, Which, uh, that seems that's to be a general a consensus. consensus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, here's what my points are, and um, well, you know from from an early age as soon as kids can communicate they are taught to uh, what to watch for to to avoid being taken advantage of by adults or other people you know sure. your no zones and one of those is the boobs the breasts and so throughout your life you are taught do not show these pe- to people do not let people touch them you know and then you've got the whole thing of women who yeah, they say, like,
5: uh, I'm a little confused though. They don't have them yet. They're, I mean, um, children are like identical until puberty, and they
2: they do let region. a lot of young girls run around without uh, you know tops on. It wouldn't be it wouldn't yeah. be considered too bizarre for your your I mean, uh, like five a year old or, or something. Yeah, something like that. Young young girl to run around on the beach without a top on. True, it's happened. Um
4: But I mean, if you go up in age a little bit, you know, um, at, at at some point. They start yeah,
5: but the, to mm-hmm. develop. Okay. at that point they they have a little more cognizance, and you can talk. You know,
0: you can actually he's discuss right, those I mean, issues. Yeah. It, it, people are indoctrinated with these beliefs, no yeah. doubt about that.
4: And and so, say you um accidentally walk in on a girl changing, and they don't want you to see those. You're not supposed to look. If you do look, you're a pervert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so, all of a sudden, you have people out on the streets with their shirts off. And you're afraid people might think you're a pervert if you are, you know,
5: that, That's a problem everyone has, though. I mean, I I have to exercise discretion to, to not make people uncomfortable, because if I see a guy with a really nice chest, I want to look at it. Uh, you know, I'll admit it right now. I mean, that's not, I don't think that's unusual. I mean, I, it's just respecting people's kind of space bubbles and... Stop it, Mark. <laughs> yours are not that just, great. Sorry, Mark. Mark you're not that great. Nipples, uh, I, I my, my, <laughs> My chest is sore, so I'm just rubbing it a little. But no, I mean you, it, that's really about respecting everybody's boundaries, and and really, and and the you know the bra is a, it's only a difference of scale, not fundamental, not fundamentally different than the burka. It's the the idea mm-hmm. is uh, men can't control themselves and they'll go nuts, and and then it'll be and then they blame the woman because she showed them. No, I'm sorry, that's it's the man's fault for not respecting the boundaries of 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 that woman. So we all have but to but that respect. boundary
2: isn't staring in a uh, topless protest. I mean, you know, that's that's the day you can go out and stand <laughs> on the, uh, the side of the street and watch the women walk by without their shirts on and nobody but your wife could say anything about it, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess. And I, I assume members of your church if you're uh, you know members of uh, you know a church that would would care.
5: But that's that's the thing what's bothering me is everyone saying women's women's chests are sexual and men's aren't. That's BS. Yes, absolutely. I I, I just the other day I was watching a movie and uh, the guy walks out and he's got like a tight shirt on. I was like, ooh, totally reflexively. It's a totally re- well, reflex. My roommate looked gawked at me, but I said, ooh, nice titties. And I was talking about the guy. OK. And, you know, I don't say that about women. To me, women's chests are not sexual at all. It's beca- it's totally based on your orientation and your gender and, and stuff. It's 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 very by bi- it's because we live in a world that's very male dominated. Our culture has been dominated by males for such a long time that women's chests are so heavily sexualized and men's aren't. You know, I look at them and I go, "Oh, those look very effective for feeding infants." You know, <laughs> they're, they're utilitarian to me. And I think that it's a, a value um, to you know do, do
2: the keep away clothes on your uh, chest if you can do it. I don't think that uh, um, you know that, that you know men aren't going to be able to pull it off nearly as well as women do. But the, the keep away clothes, the keep away clothes, in uh, sales jargon is the uh, oh, you can't have this. I won't let you have this. Um, and then you offer it up, and so to some extent, the keep away clothes with uh, with the chest is. You know, enticing guys—they're they're, they're oh, more sure. visual, sure. I and mean, you know there's differences in the sexes. I think
0: there's real value to uh, for a lady to cover herself up in a certain way that will attract men to her. Certainly,
5: I, but- I used to find tank tops sexier than a man who's completely topless actually this so, goes
0: back to a conversation you know? we were having earlier mark disagreed with me on this the idea that when something is concealed then and there is that kind of well what's underneath that yep. feeling your of, imagination
2: uh, runs wild exactly you know. and he uh, so made a point, blanket statement that wearing clothes um you know uh, clothes over boobs is sexier than clothes not over boobs and it's just not true but I mean, that's, I disagree with you depends. there. That's exactly what he was saying. It, right. it, I'm, it depends. I'm, and I'm that, saying that I that used to the find. That's the contrary position is still it depends. And this guy over here can simply not make a statement without going to the superlative.
0: Okay, what I'm saying here, Mark, <laughs> is that for a lot of people, having clothes on is sexier than off. You're saying for you some it's clothes, different. Yes, some You're clothes saying... no. Some people yes, some people no. It all depends though, doesn't it because some people can be uh, turned on like you know an Amish man might be turned on by a woman wearing a full- on uh, very conservative bit of clothing and showing off her ankles that's I mean that's all he has to get turned on about but <laughs> by point there is that there are very there, you could be wearing the most bulky clothing ever and still have some sort of sexual turn on because of something that is being revealed or the thought of what might be revealed uh, eventually. And that's what you were saying, Dale, when you said that a man in a shirt is, in many ways, sometimes well, specifically,
5: sexy. like tank tops were very enticing to me. Like, but what that, if? It, you know, well,
0: how about a uh, how about a shirt that's really like a semi, form-fitting?
5: Kind of a, yeah, kind of a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that so, can be very nice. Different things, kind of accents, and you know.
0: All right, uh, Jesse, you're still there. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. So you say that um, when when you see a, a woman in a shirt that that you wonder what's there, but then at the same time you claim that breasts aren't sexual. You, but when when you wonder what's there, you know what color bra does she have? You know
5: everything about starts, a uh,
4: sexualizing it.
5: Everything about a woman's body is sexual to someone attracted to women, and vice versa. I mean, same thing I, with a man's body. I what I'm what I'm having issue with is is the special status for for a female chest breasts than versus a man's, and it's totally depending on your orientation right. breasts are And not we're in a male- dominated society that's why breasts have a special status and it is sexism.
0: they're not sexual by default in my opinion. I think that they have to be there has to be other things surrounding them some sort of sexual you know again the, the way the lady is uh, is behaving or the clothing that she's wearing uh, certain circumstances I think that have to surround the breast in order for it to be sexual. I think that on its own a naked breast is not a sexual thing.
2: Well, it is, uh, if you appreciate breasts in that manner, sure. I mean, you get to decide for yourself. The viewer gets to decide whether it's sexualized, even if they're not. You know, I mean, I can look at the women's underwear catalog and find, uh, you know, things that are sexual.
0: Thank you for the call tonight, Jesse. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you enjoy this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. For as little as three bucks a month, we'll take that money and reinvest it into the show, getting on as many radio stations as we possibly can, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that sounds like a good idea to you, please go and become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. amp.freetalklive.com. Write to your calls to the amp line. Dan is in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live.
7: Hey guys, um yesterday you guys talked about a case where a woman hired a hitman to assassinate her husband, and it turns out that the hitman was actually a cop. And mm-hmm. so obviously she was arrested and et cetera, et cetera. and there was a disagreement about whether or not um you, you know what sort of response would be justified in that situation. You, and, yes, uh, in
0: a in a more market-based uh, justice world paradigm where you don't have a one-size-fits-all government monopoly system.
7: Right. Well, I think that, you know, obviously the principle of the non-initiation of force boils down to that, you know, every person owns themselves. They alone are the owner of their wills. And when somebody else forces their will upon another, that is the initiation of force. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the threat that causes the violation of somebody's rights. It is the expression of that threat or coercion by threat that results in the person being made to do something which they otherwise would not have done. So a threat is basically the expression of both the means and the intention to do harm. In this case, both of those things were present. So the question would be, to what extent was this man's life changed and, and will be disrupted Uh, because of this uh, occurrence
0: well he did find out that his uh his wife wants to kill him so that's going to be
2: a bit of a shocker perhaps (laughs) you know like you could be just
5: hey everything's all right and then your wife uh apparently was paying someone money to kill you it may not necessarily result in a whole lot of damages for him i mean it could be good for him that he knows his wife is not like the best partner for him (laughs) um but but it would certainly probably result in some and some, some detriment to the woman who put a hit out on her husband. Well, just,
0: as Mark suggested last night, and I thought this was a fair suggestion, was that if they're going through a divorce process... Since she tried to kill him, maybe he should uh, get a fairly decent settlement out of that. I think she yes. should get
2: everything that they um, they jointly, you know, jointly own. And you know, honestly, I think all of her property should be that, forfeited. That's to probably it. what would happen in private courts. Actually, now, there's something this? close to it. As I mean, I'm sure that'd be
5: considerable. You know,
2: it, as an additional idea, and uh, you know, the, the private, I, you know, I've read plenty of these uh, these fiction things, and I think it's kind of interesting. Um, is if the judge made some kind of additional uh, punitive damage, say. 50, 60, you know, it depends on the, the amount of money that the couple has. Obviously, for a, you know, a more wealthy person, it would be a higher amount than a poor person. But, you know, say, say it was $50,000 that the woman had to pay her husband in addition to forfeiting all her property. It's really no different than prison because she's not going to be able to come up with a 50 grand, right? So she's going to have to go to some company, which these will spring up just like uh, check, you know, these check cashing places um, that uh, basically allow her to pledge her serv- indentured servitude to. Uh, for this fifty grand,
5: I don't know. It's, I don't know about anything. It sounds very speculative. I don't know. Really? If because, yeah,
2: very. I don't know. Okay, I I, I believe this entirely. That uh, that in in the absence of uh, you know government law, people will be able to indenture themselves for you know all kinds of reasons. Um, sure, wouldn't, but wouldn't what's say?
5: the you know co- compared to what alternative? You know how depending on how bad this indentured thing is, I mean, there's, well, there's, they would uh, it, you know because like because because you have to understand, there's not going to be the power. The power uh, level that there is now consolidated in one place to impose really unreasonable um things on people.
2: yeah, couldn't so. she just
0: make payments? Well, it, would,
5: it would depend, and um,
2: what, what's unreasonable? I think it's reasonable. You know, well, that's, it might not, be, that's it what might the market decides. It's going to be a lot better than
5: what's but arbitrarily decided right now.
2: The reasonableness of the punishment would then, some other company could come along and buy out the contract that this woman signed with that other, you know, because basically she's paying it off, and likely the contract would have all kinds of stipulations. Like, if you want to just, uh, you know, sew buttons on uh, sh- uh, shirts, um, you'll, pro- you'll have to do that for three years. However, if you're willing to do, uh, you know, a sexual conscription, then you would only have to do it for one, do you understand how you you know different services uh, are worth more and less in the market? Sure, does?
5: yeah. I, I'm just saying. I just ex- I would expect the the punishments meted out to be uh, you know this is one of those things that when it's allowed to evolve in a free market, it will improve over time and become and and and, and approach a reasonable what well, you know reasonable. In a, in a less arbitrary fashion than in a dictated system. I'm not saying that it would be prison in the sense that uh, you would have cell blocks and
2: people knifing each other over, uh, you know, cartons of milk or anything like that. Right. That's not the kind of prison I'm talking about. What the kind of prison I'm talking about is that the people, you know, that essentially would contract with companies. And
0: would... it's his speculation is as valid as anyone else's. Sure. I mean, uh, Dr. Mary Ruart has talked about a couple of different options in her book, uh, Healing Our World. But Dan, what about you? What do you? Uh, how do you feel about all this?
7: Uh, well, I think it's important to note that whereas the ideal situation uh, you know according to libertarian ethics might be one thing the court might act differently you know there there is no magic hammer of god that's going to come down and smash a judge that rules uh, poorly so right. there might be something that we would consider unreasonable i i would think that in order to be perfectly ethically consistent the damages should match the amount of you know disruption that's going to happen in his life so Obviously, they're not going to live together. Should he get the house? I believe so. Maybe the car, maybe uh, – and then maybe the court should would add some punitive damages. Um, but those punitive damages, if they exceed the actual amount of harm that happened to the victim or the intended victim, I don't think that those would be justly enforceable except by ostracism. So if she doesn't pay them, then she would be considered an unassure, uninsurable
0: uh, risk and right. you know, either that uh, maybe or,
5: you know, yeah and, and, and now you're and now you're speculating which is fine but that's, that's all what it is need. right now we need,
0: we need people to speculate about what they think might happen so some of the best ideas can come out and we can maybe uh, promote those
2: and we need people to question the speculation uh, speculation as I'm going to do with Dan now now Dan um, the uh, the idea is that you 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 want to go with the the you know uh, the sort of the damages the guys incurred so. Um, wouldn't you say that there's a difference say um you know somebody decides to to kill my son right um eh, you know he kills him in a horrible, horrible way, and I should be compensated for you know whatever manner that they, the the you know the judge decides that the the son my son jack is worth to me right right um well, what if somebody accidentally uh backs over Jack in a parking lot? do you think that those people deserve the same punishment uh
7: no, I don't necessarily but they might um i would say that they might fix a similar value but might be willing to um to be more forceful in their carrying out of the decision in the case of a um of a actual
5: act i think there's power. more damages in in the former than the latter as well i uh, the 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 emotional um tragedy for the, for a parent whose whose child was say violently uh, abused and then killed or something is and, and purposefully killed as opposed to a to a negligence issue uh something like that is i think i think the uh, impact on the on the people who love that person uh, is, is much larger. Well, I
2: think that this is what I'm talking about with punitive damages. Mm-hmm. I think that punitive damages have a place in, uh, you know, sure, in any right. judicial system. Yeah, I, I and, think they, uh, the,
5: that would be an, uh, you know, I think that's
2: something that would come up in a. Free anybody market. who d- overlooks punitive damages simply isn't looking at, um, isn't putting it together some kind of real system.
0: Well, yeah, you don't well, want somebody to uh, just be able to get away with paying back what was taken you also want them to have to pay a penalty on top of that otherwise what are you getting paid for your lost time and your lost effort and your you, well that's just what's taken
2: my effort well, what, and my time are taken when you yeah. take my effort and my time yeah. okay punitive say that, is punitive
7: hmm. let's say that the um you know that it is a murder and that hypothetically that they let's say Oh geez, 200 ounces of gold is the you know is the going rate for for murder. Maybe it'd be a lot more than that. Then they could also put on another, or you, you know they could double it, or you know 2,000, whatever, was, you know something in the equivalent of tens of millions in today's uh, amount of money. Or if they're a very rich person, then they could fix the punitive damages of billions or or, or tens of billions. And even though I say they might not be able to you know hold a gun to that person's head and say you can't extract this as your agent of justice what would happen is if they refuse to pay it they're not going to able to be able to be insured so then who's going to protect them who who's going to protect that person if you decide to run him over with a car no, yep. nobody would be, because he will be an uninsurable person
0: very good. Thank you, Dan, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. The idea is always valued. 800-259-9231 is... Love the
2: s- idea of a society where somebody whose uh, insurance laps, you're going to shoot them in the street.
0: Sakel cool, CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Uh, we're talking about somebody That's who is... oversimplifying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> whose insurance laps for killing someone. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we launch here into the third hour, we will take your calls about absolutely anything And I know, Mark, you got an email you want to get to here coming up. But first, some uh, economic news that is, I think, uh, particularly interesting and sad. In fact, it's tragic. Providence, Rhode Island, according to Providence Business News, uh, PBN.com, hundreds of businesses across Rhode Island, not a very big place. So hundreds of businesses across Rhode Island, about 1,200 of them, in fact, have been told to either pay the state sales tax revenue or close their doors. According to the Associated Press, roughly uh, 1,200 firms will be forced to shut down unless they pay overdue sales tax immediately, says the AP. The move was first reported by the Providence Journal. The Rhode Island Division of Taxation has hand-delivered hundreds of letters informing businesses. Talk about service. They got hand-delivered.
5: The revenue service. Mm-hmm. We're they going want to provide you the service of taking your money from you.
0: Today, Uh, informing businesses they have been operating without a permit since June 30th because of their failure to pay sales tax. According to the AP, state officials say they believe the businesses are withholding sales tax revenue from the state. So this cannot be allowed to continue. I mean, if if 1,200 businesses just start holding back on their sales tax, then other businesses might start holding back on their sales tax, and then what? Then what will happen to us in the state? Well, yeah. What would happen to them?
5: What would well, happen to the I'll tell state? you what'll happen to the if they actually close down 1,200 businesses. I can tell you Rhode Island's going to go down the toilet really yeah, fast.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, I I'm,
5: I'd be much more concerned about that than what's going to happen to the to the state if they don't get their they money. They don't
0: care about that. They don't care about these moms and pops that uh, have maybe maybe worked all their lives to uh, to put this business together and have uh, d- done their darndest to keep things going here in a, in a down economy and aren't able or maybe they they for whatever reason they're not able to pay the the sales tax. I mean, they have probably collected it. But they must have put it to other things. I don't know what their individual stories are. Maybe they've stopped collecting it entirely. Obviously, that would be ideal for people to just stop participating entirely. But uh, Bill Vernon, the state director of the National Federation of Independent Business in Rhode Island, issued a statement this afternoon calling on state officials to halt the closings. He says with one of the highest state unemployment rates in the country, it's beyond stunning that Rhode Island officials would march down Main Street, shutting down 1,200 businesses, leaving proprietors and thousands of workers on the street without a paycheck. To say this couldn't come at a worse time would be the understatement. Of the year, he also says it appears that state officials have also made numerous mistakes in their recent campaign to pro, uh, to padlock private businesses. I imagine those mistakes. The the article doesn't go into detail, but I imagine those mistakes are you know paperwork snafus where one business will be shown as owing taxes, but in point of fact they've paid them, but they got shut down anyway. That kind of stuff. Those those little <laughs> oopsie mistakes that the state tends to do so often. <laughs>
2: Because they have no incentive not to. Yeah. What are they going to do,
5: lose the customer?
0: Oh, sure. You can appeal our decision. Just, uh, you know, we'll uh, hear your case after we're done with these other thousand cases. There
5: are no ramifications when they do violence to other people. For the state, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. They're not accountable because they're a monopoly.
0: 1,200 businesses have been told, pay up or we're shutting you down. This is the madness, some of the madness of government. They're, they're killing their own uh, golden goose. They're yeah. cannibalizing. They're biting
5: their own... the hand that feeds them, yeah.
0: Right. I mean, now it's true. They claim they haven't been getting their sales tax payments and they believe that they deserve them for whatever reason. But rather than allow these folks to continue on and, and paying their employees and continue generating products and services for the economy, they'd rather come in with their threats of violence and they'd rather hurt people for continuing doing business. This is protection. This protection in the mafia, style. yeah, that's exactly what that is. except it's the mafia writ large the mafia couldn't have expected to have a client list this big, could they some might um, argue
2: that the uh that the, the the providence government actually is the mafia well um, i agree with that i well no, but, yes. but like the mafia really did take over rhode island is is what well all governments are what, mafia i
0: mean all governments are are gangs they're well, gangs mo- mafia
2: large. is a, a specific term uh, it, it's it's you know about the italian uh, not always mob. there's the russian mafia as well right but, but they, they have mislabeled them it's it's a use of the term mafia mm-hmm. to
5: mean mob or gang gotcha. or uh, organized crime okay. yeah i've heard chinese mafia the, the the yakuza no what is it yakuza yakuza that's right but yeah. they have a name right is that so, Chinese yep, or Japanese yakuza yeah is that Japanese uh, or Chinese oh I don't it know it might be Japanese call in and get the white chinese kid. but
0: there you go uh, just an example of what is happening here where people are having a tough time running their businesses they're not able to make things uh, to make ends meet so one of the things they cut out was paying the ta- paying the tax man and as well, a result
5: uh, th- yeah that's just it the times are really rough and so there's not as much revenue for government. Because right. there's not as much revenue for everyone else either, and so other people are having to tighten their belts to survive. And then the government's gonna—it's like, oh, we aren't going to want to cut back on anything. Nope. So when everyone else is tightening their belts, they want to t- draw more revenue, pay up, and it's—it's it's like drawing, taking blood out of a sick person. I mean, it's—it's it's yeah, insane. It. It's uh, in order to save their jobs and not have to not have to make the same, tighten their belts the way everyone else is. They're gonna—they're gonna really kill the golden goose, as you say.
0: Yep. And so they're just delaying uh, the inevitable, and that is that eventually this isn't going to work out. Because if these folks go out of business, then as they're pointing out, a lot of these people are going to be out of work. And that means that many of them are going to be signing up for unemployment and, and signing up for state welfare services and, and things like that, increasing the burden, increasing the demand on various different state services. And, of course, the, as you're saying, state certainly isn't going to cut back, so they'll raise uh, taxes again. They'll raise property tax. They'll raise whatever fees and other taxes they can possibly raise to milk more or to suck more blood, if you will, out of uh, their their hey, host.
5: This is, you know, the people are unable to abstractualize. We talked about that earlier they don't see the harm it's very broad and ambiguous you know mm-hmm. you know, who knows who knows what economic benefits would have come from people who spent their money that they still had who who knows what businesses would have gotten more business and hired another person mm-hmm. or who would have uh, been able to produce more cheap more cheaply and and, and to, in order to be more competitive and or who knows what or who would have bought more services from another business because they had the money to do that and and would have helped that business and that would they would have hired someone else or raised the ra- yeah. raised incomes for people all that all that is very vague you can't you can't you can never nail down like all the harm that was done by this broadly based taxation right but is, the state can point to anything they created with the money they stole so they can say look yeah. we created jobs with this and it was like oh see look that's a that's yeah. a benefit we wouldn't have gotten but you don't know what harm was done it's the and scene it's only, of the it takes MC. a libertarian mindset to understand that to abstractualize that and be able to understand that there's this broad based harm right and um you also have to understand that the jobs generally that they create bu-
2: bureaucratic jobs don't really add anything to in, in a lot of cases don't add anything Value. to the marketplace yeah. period and in some cases don't uh, they they don't add in the case, uh, they don't add you know, the same amount that they would from a the point of view of the marketplace. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, right. it's very difficult to to say that, well, we created jobs. You may have created a job. You did not necessarily create value.
5: Yeah. Govern, govern to govern means to limit. To and, and so and yeah and the idea well actually technically means to limit. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at governors in the in in the engineering world that's what they do. They they make sure that the, the flow rate or uh, of some electricity or some water or or that your or car liquid. can't go over
0: 55 yeah, or
5: something. Yeah. They they make sure that the, that you're that, you know when you rent a truck it, make, it makes sure you, you don't break the speed limit. It's a governor. And uh and that's what govern means and if you look at you know of course people have this notion they want government to limit bad things. Like crime and uh, maybe poverty and things like that, uh, they want to, to limit or bad be, what they consider bad behavior, say, say companies that aren't paying people enough, whatever it is that they, they, there's, they want it to limit the bad things, but but it, it means to limit, and, and so Mark's saying, you know what Mark's pointing out, these people are, are out there limiting all these things, and twelve
0: hundred uh, businesses yeah. 1200 businesses. I mean, what is the average amount of employees that the average small business has? 15 20 25 i mean even if it's just 10 that's uh <laughs> that's twelve thousand people that just lost their jobs
5: in a very small state yeah.
0: that are going excuse me that are going to last their job uh, lost their uh, lose their jobs because this is the final warning right the government is coming around to these folks saying hey just letting you know you don't have a permit anymore so pay up or we're shutting you down and this is gonna. This is their final notice. This is their last warning. And if they don't come up with the cash, which will only get them get them going for another year, then they'll only be able to continue on for however long the next time uh, the time limit is before the government comes around. Actually, I guess it's not a year with sales taxes. They, they probably accept uh, expect receipts every week with that from businesses, don't they? I thought it was monthly, but it's monthly, I whatever. What I know. Uh, if if you can explain, let us know. This is free talk live. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one 259 9231. Tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. So enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website, and they're free. So enjoy Free Talk Live. Dot com And from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you likely ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. You can learn more at FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. And perfect opportunity, perfect segue there into what happened today here in the soon-to-be Free State. We've got a ways to go uh, until we can, I think, actually call it the Free State which, of course, could be argued as an oxymoron in its own right. But nonetheless, uh, today we had Sam's. Uh, Sam was on trial, our buddy Sam Dodson from com. Actually, earlier in the day, one of the disorderly six, Patrick, was first on trial at 10, uh, 10 o'clock this morning. And I'd say about 20 folks, uh, 20, 25, 30 people, maybe eh, 25 people showed up. I didn't take a count, but a good turnout for early uh, an early morning situation. And, of course, he was arrested... After our friend Sam was arrested for videotaping in a court or for recording video in a courtroom, uh, Patrick was arrested because he stayed in that particular, excuse me, court lobby, not courtroom. He was in a court lobby, a public area. Actually, not,
5: yeah, I'm not even sure I'd call it a court lobby because there's other
0: stuff there, too. So. It's like a common area, It's more I of guess. a common
5: area, yeah, for other th- for several things.
0: And so uh, Patrick was arrested for refusing to leave that area. The reason why he was staying was because Sam was screaming from the other room as he was being tortured uh, by some of the uh, the police officers there they were lifting him up by the uh, by his handcuffs that he had on and crushing a, a, a bracelet a sharp-edged bracelet into his wrist causing quite a bit of pain and so Patrick and a number of others had stayed there to monitor the situation as best they could well the police decided to arrest them for disorderly conduct this morning they dropped the disorderly conduct charge and kept the resisting arrest charge against Patrick because he like Sam went limp when they went to arrest him, and as he pointed out today, which I thought was an interesting uh, way to put his what he was doing, uh, Patrick pointed out that he didn't choose to go limp, he allowed himself to go limp, that he didn't decide to go limp, he just allowed himself basically well, to go back into his natural state, and, which would be to not have any of his muscles being it, flexed.
5: It, and I understand that some people are going to say, well, that sounds silly, of course he decided to go limp, but uh, honestly, I, the impression I got, and this made sense to me, was... He really was like he was a force. Like I have to choose between a couple of really ridiculous options right here, and he was in a moment of indecisiveness. And his and at, and at the time he's like, "Well, I don't feel comfortable with uh, with the option of leaving right now because uh, we didn't him. know what's going on with Sam and yeah. and uh and we st- we also didn't know what what we didn't know whether where Sam was where he was going. They were not really clear about all that, and and it was really we really they weren't going to be clear either. That. We're trying to dig and find out what the heck is going on. And so it was almost like a moment of indecisiveness and he left and it just left him feeling like I really uh, you know I'm just not going to do anything and that was going limp which is not doing anything not even supporting your own weight and so forth. Uh, and he was so,
0: doing a good job too today uh, just in general. In fact the judge Judge Burke uh, who's the same judge that's been putting people in jail all kinds of peaceful people in jail for the last several months did comment to him and compliment him at yeah. the end of the trial as to how good of a job that he did defending himself and then you know, found him guilty, Right before of a really
5: hefty sentence. Yeah, yeah uh, found uh, him guilty. Which he suspended, but it was a hefty well, sentence. Well,
0: it was a $300 recommend- uh, recommended fine from the prosecutor, and then the judge asked Patrick what he would recommend. And Patrick, of course, said, I, well, I recommend you do nothing and let me go. Um, I think that you
2: should drag the, uh, the people in here that, that perpetrated this and throw them in jail for uh, harming an individual. <laughs> well,
0: you know, I I think people should be forgiven, and we should move on, and have people start doing the right thing. And he was being prepared to I'll, be sentenced. Yeah. I'll forgive him if they'll stop doing it. <laughs> just
5: yeah. stop doing, it. stop uh, victimizing innocent people under this pretense that you're s- protecting who yeah, I, I don't know. Sure. And stop doing it, and then yeah, I don't you know I don't care about prosecuting you and all that stuff. Exactly. Just stop Let's doing just it.
0: move on. Uh, but, but of course, he was found guilty, and the judge decided that instead of a $300 fine, he would make a $1,000 fine and suspend the fine for a year. And what that means is that if Patrick is busted for a, a, a felony or a misdemeanor or a major truck Motor Vehicle violation... Within that year's time, he will then have to pony up $1,000, which he will, likely will not do. Uh, the activists up here are very non-cooperative, at least in the Keene area, and I think in the Grafton area as well with the, the cops. And so likely he would not pay that $1,000 and would probably have to go to jail for about 20 days because it's $50 a day is what you yeah. can well, uh, I, jail off by uh, sitting in a cell.
5: Exactly. My immediate thought was you know, there's a strategy to giving him a hefty sentence and then suspending it. Under a you know a pretty long period of you know good be beha- good behavior yep. means obeying that's right and that and was, you're gonna saying. obey now because there's a twenty there's a twenty year or sorry a twenty day sentence mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't so well, he, you know he's got something to hold over his head and make him start obeying. Yeah, they're strategizing,
2: okay. um, and, and obviously, that, you know, what, what else would they do? They're trying to figure out, you know, how do we handle these people? How do we control these people? Well, yeah. What else would you want to do with Right. <laughs> them? Um, I mean, I can tell you how you handle these people, Judge Burke. Let let these people uh, you know film in the courtroom as long as it's, as long as it's a number uh, you know a, a, a fair number you know two or three of them be able, being able to film in the courtroom, film in the lobby. There's nothing wrong with that. That's uh, this being clamping down
5: artificially like they're doing just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, and, and I that's exactly it. Almost everything that we've been talking, everyone's saying the, the, the issues aren't important that we've been talking about, but almost everything has been about free speech. Freedom free of free the press, press and free speech. We have things to say, and we are going to say them. And we are, you know, we have things to say about how they are doing things, which and they are pu- supposedly pu- public servants, and so we <laughs> should be able to say those things. Uh, just express ourselves, and that means filming them and saying and having opinions about what they're doing and telling them to other people. And those are the kind of things that it doesn't look. If you're not a voluntarist, that's okay. But look, we are we, you know, what we're, we're trying. We are trying to. Make them more accountable, and that everybody should want that. Whether you're a voluntarist so. or not, you should want the 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 government that has been imposed upon us without any choice whatsoever to be more accountable to us, and and that's what we're trying to do. So, and I don't understand how anyone could not want that. And it's a very important issue that people should be able to watch what public servants are doing, know, see, have some transparency and some accountability, and and that's a really important issue. I mean, everything that's been pushed this far. Has been about that, and
0: well, it hasn't just been that. There's been, uh, of course, marijuana disobedience as well, and uh, it's just been. If they would just stop hurting peaceful people, they wouldn't see these activists in their courtroom anymore. They wouldn't have to deal with any of this stuff. None of this would happen. Had had they not would have happened had they just left people who weren't harming others alone. And what will it take to get them to come to those conclusions? I don't know. They demand that uh, well, if you don't like the way it is, change the law. Because they even if they can see the value in what we're saying, many of them who can see that value are too afraid to actually do anything about it within their within their well, position. And, and I think
5: the, the I think the law will change. I think that we will have you, you have to impact the culture in order to affect a political change. Yeah. That, 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 I mean, I think a lot of the political changes that, you know, people are working for different political changes like marijuana changes and everything, which, is you know, and I, I, and I applaud them absolutely for the effort. But that, that, that's happening because the culture's ready for it. Yeah, and it's and not going to until the culture is ready for and it. And
0: the good news is uh, Sam and I, were we went and got some dinner here later um, after his arrest. And we're recognized, or Sam was recognized by somebody, and he was very excited to, uh, to meet us and, and, and thank us for, for what we've been doing here. So I think there, there are changes happening that we may not even realize are going on and that we can only really kind of tap into here and there when we happen to encounter people that are being affected by us. More coming up.
2: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including Facebook. You want to become a fan of the Free Talk Live Facebook profile? You're certainly welcome to do that at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com.
2: If you want to get a free one-week trial of uh, Choose for Health Superfruit Complex, I've been taking it for the last uh, few weeks now, and it's a chewable vitamin. Tastes great. It includes fruits and berries that have tremendous health enhancing qualities. All you have to do is call 800 219 8874. You get a free week trial. So you just have to pay the shipping and handling. 800 219 8874. It's Choose for Health.
0: All right. So we are talking about the situation today that uh, went down. It's been a busy week for activists here in the Keene, New Hampshire area. As you know, if you listened to the show before, those of us behind the microphones are Free State Project participants. We moved here to New Hampshire from around the country as part of the movement of liberty-oriented people to all congregate in the same place and get active and stand up for freedom. And that means standing behind people who have decided to make a stand that may be a little bit stronger than one that you might be able to take at this time in your life. And today, there were several dozen people that turned out for the trials of Patrick and Sam, two different trials happening uh, during the day today here in Keene, New Hampshire. Now, Patrick's Uh, Patrick was one of the disorderly six. He was arrested after Sam was arrested, and Sam was being uh, put in a lot of pain, some might even say tortured, in another room by the police. And Patrick was standing there listening to this. They ordered him to leave. He refused to. He wasn't in anybody's way or being obnoxious or anything like that. just simply was standing in a public yeah standing in a public area and listening to his friend screaming uh in a, from another room right and
2: you know law enforcement officers have a tendency to do this kind of thing um you know there's nothing to see here go on go on about your business we're doing what we're doing and we don't want any witnesses to it um yeah. you know, they don't they don't like that
0: Exactly. So he was arrested, charged with disorderly conduct, also charged with resisting arrest after having gone limp. He was found guilty today of resisting arrest. They dropped the disorderly conduct charge. And it's just been an interesting week of inconsistency. So was uh, that
5: a false arrest then?
0: Was it a false arrest? There's, how can you no. be, The how disorderly can you resi- conduct
5: was dropped. So.
0: No. According to the New Hampshire's, uh, their rules, these are their rules. Uh, so according to their rules is my understanding that you can be charged with resisting arrest even if the arrest was false.
5: Okay, but was it a false arrest since they dropped the charges?
0: Doesn't matter. What, you could still be charged if, with resisting arrest.
5: Right, but what are the repercussions on them if it's a false arrest?
0: I don't <laughs> know. They probably have some sort of, and if you know more than I do, certainly dial in, but I, I, they probably have some sort of provision to where if the officer believed at the time that it was a, a legitimate arrest, then that's good enough. <laughs> like, if they prove later on that it wasn't legitimate, oh, well, you know, well, we made a mistake. There's, there's no
5: the – they cannot be at fault. That's no. a, all, we believed it was okay at the time. It didn't, didn't matter work, that we
0: violated your rights. Right. Working for the state means you never have to say you're sorry. So they uh, so they found him guilty. And it's been a week of uh, inconsistency. I mean, we went to three trials on Monday of three of the disorderly six. Patrick's was uh, was today, so he was a fourth uh, fourth trial. And the other two guys were uh, had their charges dropped. So two of the disorderly six, all of them originally were charged with disorderly conduct. Patrick had an extra charge of resisting arrest in there because he, he actually went limp. But he was the only one of the six to go limp. So they dropped Patrick's disorderly conduct charge and only pursued the resisting arrest charge. For that, he was given a $1,000 suspended fine and able to walk out. David who was one of the disorderly conduct charges, was found guilty on Monday of disorderly conduct, even though he did just as much as Patrick, which was nothing, stand in the, the room. Right. He stood there I think just he like said Patrick. He,
5: he said he sat down. I don't he think I was there the when it happened, but he said he sat down on the
0: floor. He did yeah. sat, sit down on the floor. But either way, he was not in anybody's way, not doing anything uh, against anyone. So they found David guilty of disorderly conduct and sentenced him to, I think it was a $300 fine, if I'm not mistaken. I, I yeah, They the became,
5: the became 350 with the surcharge it 350? or something Okay.
0: Like I thought it was 250 and went to three, dollars th- whatever. Anyway, he's, oh, he's got six right. days. Six days yeah. in jail as a result of that because he's not going to pay the fine. So David's found guilty, has to pay a fine. Instead, he's going to jail because he won't pay. Then, uh, let's see, Kurt's trial was delayed, so we don't know what's going to happen with that, I believe. And then... Nix is under advisement, so and he then hasn't Nicks decided is, yet. Right. Nix was taken under advisement. He also charged with disorderly conduct, but a completely different result from all of the other people with the same charge. Yeah. He gets taken under advisement, which means the judge is going to write his decision down on an order and send it through the mail. So just a compl- just no, no consistency here whatsoever. Now you could argue that well, they all made different points in their cases. When I see him
5: do that, I think that he's leaning towards a not guilty plea, but doesn't want to say it on the camera and have it look like this victory you know that I, we can I agree publicize
0: with that. so yeah, that's what happened last time Nick got something taken under advisement when Nick had gone in and refused to pay a speeding ticket, the judge took it under advisement and then later issued a not guilty uh. Order.
2: Now, in this case, um, you say that they make different arguments, but in this case, the judge isn't just the judge. The judge is the jury at the same time. The judge mm-hmm. ret- re- returns the verdict. So the judge isn't just there to make sure, to referee the situation to make sure that uh, both parties get their fair trial. He's there to make a decision. And the judge is supposed to know the loss and therefore really should render a better decision than a jury should. And. Uh, the, the idea that they would he would be giving different uh, you know decisions really bothers me here um, in, in, and and in the cases idea that, that were right next to
5: each other right.
2: yeah. and the idea that people making different arguments should somehow should, should somehow matter that's not his job in that case his job mm-hmm. isn't to listen uh, to their arguments to ascertain his the facts his job
0: is to uh, dispense justice based on facts and the facts in this case where they were all behaving in similar right. well, ways
5: it's interesting because there are procedures that supposedly that supposedly it's supposed to follow some very strict procedures and for instance like one thing i've i've understood and, and Bert kind of described some of this and and some in at least one case i know that came up he was saying that if you don't present the evidence i cannot consider it mm-hmm. so it, it, you would, in, in theory he's having to you know, disregard anything he may have heard in another case that this right. has not come up in this case. Even though the evidence However, is the same, right? The evidence is pretty much the same. However, uh, like if someone doesn't bring up that so and so or whatever, but but the but but it seems like again though the procedure only seems relevant when he needs to use it against the like I think he, he sees us as opponents, which mm-hmm. he shouldn't be doing, but he sees us as opponents. And he's and, and, and it seems like they use the procedure like a weapon. It's like he, they kind of they ignore it when it's an, a, when it's a, when it's a problem for them. Mm-hmm. But they'll bring it up when it's when they can use it like a weapon as if it's. A, yeah. And, and you heard the Rivera in those cases saying he was with the group. And that was the disorderly conduct. Like He was associating people in the group, and that's why they, they are, there was a reporter so who she violated his order. She didn't get disorderly conduct. He said anyone who's here that's not on court business, uh, that, there was a reporter who didn't get arrested. Why? Because she wasn't with the group. Mm-hmm. So they are targeting – at least Rivera seems to be targeting the group.
0: You know, you know, we uh, spent a lot of time with him today. Actually, yeah, uh, we had we were, some
5: nice, you know, kind of congenial chat. I think he considering was very the situation, ch-
0: very <laughs> chatty, very nice. Uh, he, we were sequestered during Sam's trial, so we told we've told you about what happened with Patrick. Uh, our friend Sam Dodson was on trial this afternoon for the uh, the the whole resisting uh, re- arrest. Uh, slash refusing to process thing which originally for sam was also a disorderly conduct charge which has been subsequently dropped yeah uh and uh, so but david was guilty of disorderly conduct correct yeah. uh so sam <laughs> was on trial today now sam had brought in a lawyer and uh you and i J- Dale didn't actually get to see it because we were being sequestered right. uh due to uh, we were being called as witnesses at some point we actually didn't end up getting called today so you and i basically spent all afternoon uh in at least from 130 to about four thirty yeah, one sitting yeah. uh sitting in the courtroom or sitting in a like an alternate room hanging out with Sergeant Eli Rivera who's the man who's been prosecuting all of us yeah uh, all of this time, and we had a very nice uh friendly friendly chat with uh with Eli but she would have preferred to i want it afternoon. to be that
5: way by the way i i if I yeah. can actually have a calm discussion with someone like you know I feel like we are you know. We are at odds on some key issues, obviously. Well, it shows <laughs> some pretty big ones, but I love it when we can have a, congen- a, gen- a you know a calm conversation.
0: I think there's some value to having those conversations with these guys because it allows us to maybe touch on some things they may have never heard before, and certainly allows them to, s- to not see us as. Uh, violent people right. that uh, that they shouldn't be frightened of us. From yeah, that perspective. I mean he,
5: Eli might be ordering me into the back of a cop car someday. I, I mean, I just yeah. it just feels like it's a matter of time. And uh, it would be nice if he actually sees me as a real person, you know, instead of this faceless, you know.
0: Similarly, there was another uh, cop today that was trying to convince all of us that he wasn't a monster. There was a very <laughs> long conversation
5: between some of that one I have on video. Cop, uh,
0: yeah. One of the lieutenants there and about. 30 people that were surrounding him. It was very unusual. Uh, we'll continue here and uh, paint the picture for you and take your calls about whatever you want in these remaining moments of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Even in these remaining moments, maybe enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800 259 9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are free. Also, you'll enjoy Dale's website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Features there are pretty much free also, although you, if you want to buy a t-shirt, you're going to have to pay for that, which makes sense. Uh, but Dale, you've got cartoons, and you've been doing them for about two years now over at anarchyinyourhead.com. Yeah, I think it'll
5: be t- about two years around Labor Day. So come, Which is coming great. up soon, and, and there's also a Facebook page, facebook dot dot com.
0: They are very liberty-oriented uh, cartoons, and sometimes they're okay. A lot of times they're okay for children, but not this week. <laughs> no, <laughs> um,
5: yeah, I wouldn't assume that they're okay for every now and then. There's one that's uh, it's uh, adult humor. Let's you say.
0: you've said this one may be one of your most controversial.
5: I I thought it would be. It wasn't even my idea actually. I toned it down from a uh, you know. You know it's been toned from, it's down. Pukes. It's Puke's idea, and uh, <laughs> I gave him credit for it in there and everything. And I actually had to tone it down, and I still thought it was pretty risque. And a, but I a, haven't gotten—I really haven't gotten any complaints at all about it. So I'm kind of surprised.
0: It's a uh-huh. joke about the gender makeup of the Liberty Movement. That's about all I think we can say
5: about it. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of guys and not as many women as we'd like.
0: So, so. head over to <laughs> AnarchyInYourHead.com and see it for yourself, and then vote for Anarchy in Your Head at vote.anarchyinyourhead.com. Only takes a moment. And really helps Dale uh, on the charts, the competitive cartoon charts out there. Com. Let's go here and uh, just wrap up the story briefly. I want to get to these uh, phone calls. And maybe we can expound upon this a little more. Maybe Sam will call us tomorrow night or or Monday or something and we can talk more about what happened with him. But Sam Dodson from Com was on trial today for resisting arrest and for refusal to process when he was refusing to give his uh, legal name to the bureaucrats after he'd been arrested He had a lawyer with him. Uh, You and I can't really comment on much about what went down because we didn't actually see it. We were being sequestered the entire time, and so we had a nice three-hour-long conversation with uh, Sergeant Eli Rivera, the police prosecutor, and one of the police detectives. And I guess we probably shouldn't talk about it too much. I mean, if
5: anyone's going to... Say something about it. I don't know. They haven't said anything to us. No,
0: they never actually told us. We didn't get any
5: instructions at
0: all. No, no instructions. All we were told was that we were being sequestered and that meant that we had to leave the room. So they never said you can't watch any videos about the trial, you can't do this, you can't do that. They never they never even broached the topic. One of it's the just cops Just an opportunity to kick to, you guys out.
5: Yeah, I, I would say I to be on the safe side, I'm going to avoid. If anyone has me yeah. don't talk to me about what happened inside the trial. I don't, I don't want to mess anything up. So
0: But uh and it's, it's now going to be until September before this is even close to wrapping up because there's been a delay it uh, went over time today because they had, I think the prosecution may be finished up today that's that's what rumor has it but the third guy never got called from the the witness room so uh, so apparently it's still going uh, going on and the, the next closest date that they can schedule the second part of the trial is September 4th so well over a month away for part 2 of Sam Dodson's trial justice is so swift yeah, um, and and then uh, so I, again, we can't talk much about exactly what what went down, but I'm sure there will be blog posts. I'm sure there will be uh, video, even though the camera people weren't told they weren't supposed to put the video yeah. out. So nobody was told anything as far as restrictions are concerned here. Yeah, I'm so, not gonna watch any of those or anything. We'll 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 see. Uh, We'll see what ends up playing out. But either way, apparently I heard that they really cornered some of the bureaucrats today, that uh, Sam's lawyer really cornered him with some questioning. I don't know exactly what the the parameters are. But what really happened was afterwards, after everybody was leaving, Sam was arrested. Yep. Out of nowhere. It, it, It certainly
5: seemed like they were waiting for him. Like they had. They some, claimed yeah. they weren't. <laughs> yeah.
0: They claimed they weren't. They claimed they just happened to see Sam driving down the street after the trial, and they claimed that they had uh, heard that his license was suspended from down in Texas. Sam says he didn't know anything about this. They could have brought that up with him. You know. Went in tra- in the trial. Point. No. Well, they not in the trial, but
5: afterward. Yeah. As, as a courtesy
0: or something, right? <laughs> but no. Instead, what happened was uh, we were all going out to have some dinner. And most of us had already arrived at the, uh, the the establishment. We were at armadillos on Main Street in Keene, and one of our favorite hangouts. And' we, Sounds so tasty when we say the name armadillos and uh, <laughs> Sa- and uh, Meg comes in and she says, I forget what she said, like come with me or something like that. Hurry!
5: I, I didn't and even hear it. I just saw everyone like stampeding out of the armadillos and going down the the sidewalk, and I was and, like, what the heck? And
0: she's running out the door, and so we're running after her, and she runs over to a nearby parking garage where Sam was in the process of being arrested at that point. There was a pork four one one, which is kind of a semi uh, informa- an information number that the activists can call to get. A phone conversation, uh, or if you basically whatever you record, goes out to hundreds of email addresses. So you can hear some of the action as to what was going on. But basically, he was as they were parking. This cop pulls up behind them and blocks them in, basically, and starts questioning Sam about whether or not he has a valid license. Sam th- thought he did. Apparently, Texas suspended his license, allegedly without notifying him. Or maybe they did. Maybe they sent, to it, sent it to an old address or something like that. And so Sam was then arrested at that point for driving while suspended. Nobody really knew what was uh, what was actually going to happen. Turns out they probably don't really want him back at jail, so they did end up processing him and letting him out. But now he's got another court date for this time driving while suspended, and another charge of refusal of process because he wouldn't answer some of the questions There's back uh, to the cops. The, the, what I think is more
5: interesting about what happened is a conversation that happened right after they released him. We were there at the KPD when they released with him. With
0: the 30 people surrounding and, uh, the one cop?
5: Yeah, they started, well, yeah, and, and I actually was there before all those people came back in, and and were just, it was just me and Sam and a few other people, including another, office, another officer and and the guy that arrested him, who was at court today, and... And uh, there was a discussion about, you know, he he complied apparently with fingerprinting, but he's apparently getting some kind of charge for not complying because he didn't answer a bunch of questions. There's right. nothing, uh, and we couldn't get the cop to answer what it was that's actually written in the law about what that entails, other than giving your fingerprints. But the, co- uh, the he was insisting that, that in fact there was a violation because he didn't answer a bunch of questions associated with that, and he was calling all of that fingerprinting, which is completely arbitrary, It's not written down as far as we can tell. If it is, we were, you know, we're saying, well, tell us where it is. So, where does it say that fingerprinting entails? And legalese is usually extremely explicit. Mm-hmm. They usually, if you look at RSAs and things like that, they're very explicit about what is considered to say a lawful well, order. What he what was claiming saying, was yeah. in
0: contradiction to what actually happened before. The first time Sam was arrested, he did give fingerprints, but he didn't answer questions. This time, they told him that they can't take fingerprints unless he's answering questions. So the first time they did one thing, so they the second time they did yeah, something They else. weren't right. letting
5: him comply, and then they charged him with not complying. Right. And I
2: want, uh, you know, people that listening, I, I want you to think about this for a second. When they tell you you have the right to remain silent, do you nope. have the right to remain silent? Apparently
0: not. Nope. You can get an additional charge
2: for simply not answering That's their what questions. Happened
0: to me. I got hit with two contempt of court charges for not answering questions in the courtroom
5: Uh, in my own trial. When Let's, you And you weren't a witness at the time, right? The, and, there's a, uh, no, one of them yeah. was,
0: was whether I could pay a fine or not. Yeah. Let's go to Eric in Kansas. You can bring up anything. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Hello, Ian Markendale. Hey, Eric. Is uh, this Eric like formerly be... of Keene? It is. Hey, what's How on you your mind doing? tonight, dude? Hey.
9: Well, I wanted to bring up a topic that is maybe a sore spot between libertarians, um, voting and like to read a short passage. I know you guys are running out of time, but just like to get this out there so you guys can talk about it. Um, it's from an essay called "Election Day: A Means of State Control." It says the modern state's authority, its vast extractive capacity, its ability to wage war, its ever-growing power to regulate our lives, requires constant reinvigoration via the ballot box. Moreover, and even less obvious, properly administered elections promote cohesiveness, not acrimonious division. Indeed, this periodic re- reaffirmation of the political covenant may be election's paramount purpose, relegating the actual choice among candidates to mere historical detail. Like the atmosphere, this phenomenon appears nearly invisible, escaping both popular attention and scrutiny from talking head television television pundits. Put succinctly, marching citizens off to vote, independent of their choice is a form of conscription to the political status quo. Election Day, like Christmas or Yom, Yom Kippur, is the high holiday, a day of homage and reaffirmation in the creed of the modern state. And I'll take uh, your answers off the
0: line. Thanks. I think there's something to what you're saying, but I think it's more than just that. I think there's a whole total package involved. I think the, that the voting is a, is a process to legitimize the violence in people's minds. I agree with that. But I think that uh, also uh, the people's just general obedience is the biggest problem i think that i think that people could stop voting and it would not kill the state the state would continue on because obviously the uh, bureaucrats themselves will go out and vote so you can always count on the state and their uh, their their parasites to continue the voting process it, it
5: depends i think it, if people start getting really vocal about not not feeling the voting is legitimate and and and, you know, but it has to go beyond along that. Along with it. You know. It
0: has to be non-cooperation on a wide variety. You can't just have people stop voting and expect the state to shrivel up and die. Right, buy. I've said that before, too. You have yeah. to stop cooperating with the state. Because if you keep, if you stop voting, if all of a sudden everybody that votes except the bureaucrats stops voting, but they keep paying taxes, go ahead. We don't care if you don't vote long as you keep paying us. Same thing with what I said. Old paraphrase of Bowles: Let them protest so long as they keep paying taxes. Yep, I've heard that too. So obey, and the state continues. Ignore the state, disobey the state, non-cooperate with the state. Then I think we've got a chance of seeing it shrivel up and
6: disappear. Don't pay, and go and vote. What difference does it make? You're still